episode 95 of the Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. With me is the one and only... Christine. Yeah! On Yay. episode 95! We're so close to 100, we're gonna do it! Um, if I have I... something to tell you, I'm sorry. Oh we boy. can't do this podcast Oh boy, anymore. is it because I made you watch eight <laughs> Saw films? It might be. <laughs> it's, I figure if we can get through this, um, I think we can get through anything. Uh, all right. <laughs> I mean, come on. We've been through worse times. We've we... been through countless saw traps. Saw traps. Lots of monologuing. You know? A, a lot a lot of edits and quick cuts. Yeah. Uh, so Chicken much. Camp. Yeah. Um, so many uh, men. So many British men um, working through American accents and screaming a lot. British yes. or Australian. Um, so many men that are... Um, is there a term? Like, I feel like there's a catch-all term Loaded? for... <laughs> there's a lot of bloated like yeah they just a, it, yeah all look, the white I'm not men in these mean. movies look very bloated in like an unhealthy pasty way right there you go i'm not trying to be mean i'm just genuinely no. worried for their well-being yeah like i'd be happy to be in the kind of shape that sean patrick flannery is in saw seven sure or gilmore girls or right. gilmore girls yeah but they at the same time like pallid they, they, like, yeah, it looks like they were like they played football in high school but then haven't really done much physical activity and have had a lot of beer but like still lots of salt a lot of salt yeah that's it (laughs) that's 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 the the many things we've learned um guys it is the finale the conclusion the um the final french work for the end of something i was gonna denouement the denouement yeah there you go of our Sawlogy, our Saw trilogy, if you will. Um, if you remember, several weeks ago, Christine and I did an episode where we talked about Saw 1, 2, and 3. A and lot's then, changed since then. A lot's a changed. Um, we then did another episode where we talked about Saw 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. And now, today, Christine, what are we going to talk about? Saw six and seven. Seven, which is known as like Saw 3D, but also Saw the final chapter, which is clearly a lie. <laughs> Quite a bit. Because and the other thing we're going to talk Jigsaw. about <laughs> is Jigsaw. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk. We're going to we're going to spoil. We're going to go into detail about all of these things. But um, what we're going to do is we'll talk about Saw six and seven together in complete detail. We will then give you a break so that the, those of you who didn't rush out to the theater Halloween weekend to see Jigsaw, um, we're going to give you fair warning before we get into that one and give you spoilers on that. Because, again, you can't talk about these movies without going into the detail and all the reveals of all these white pasty men doing shit. So, mm-hmm. um, but before we uh, put an end to this, um, to the sawsomeness that was our Saw Oof. coverage... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we are going to talk about other movies. Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, quite a f- I'm guessing you have quite a few, because did you succeed, Christine, in your 31 horror movies for October? Well, I had to go to Austin for work for, like, five days. I feel like that's so an excuse, that you're about to I'd- make an excuse for something. I watched something that's going to be my my recommend while I was there, but other than that, no. So I think I was I was three short during the actual month, but we made up for it after. Okay, okay, I forgive you. 
Okay. But we did pretty good. This is probably the best and least painful it's been. So good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And you were counting the eight Saw movies in that, I hope? Um, I think we counted some of them, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy, those movies. Um, spoiler alert, this last bit has really soured me on the whole thing. So, two episodes ago, Christine is not this girl here right now. Oh, and man. I will give completely different ratings um and i'm gonna tell you something this this again i'm so happy when because you and i have very similar tastes in a lot of things um so a lot of times you know our when we're discussing a movie we more often than not agree not Mm -hmm. always the case there's certain certain areas where you know we differ but i'm kind of happy to say i know that my i I think i just the kool-aid sunk in for me let's put it that way so i ended this on a much higher note than i think you did oh yeah you did yes Um. okay good 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 (laughs) i'm i'm let's plow on so what else did you watch that wasn't saw in the last uh, couple of weeks so i watched the dark tower Okay. Now, and you had not read the books, right? I read the, f- I read, I would say I, I read almost all of the first book, but then my library loan <laughs> ended and I couldn't be bothered to renew it to finish it. It happens, man. Um, So, like, I get it. I know, like, the themes. I think I once read a Peter Straub book that was based in the Dark Tower universe. Okay. <laughs> Who am I? Um, <laughs> but so I like I got it. I know what they're trying to do, and like, so it was bad for reasons that like I didn't expect. It was. It wasn't like it was a bad adaptation. It was just a bad movie. Ooh. Okay. So like, it was just a bad movie. Um, I went on a real Idris kick. I watched pretty much everything that Idris has ever been in over the last two months. Um, so I was like, oh, Idris Elba's in this. It'll be fine. And it wasn't. It was boring. And he was wasted. And <laughs> wow, it was stupid. I don't know. Like, But it was, it was, it felt very, like, YA. Like, it felt like a crappy Maze Runner. You know, so that's funny. If- that's what the trailer, thinking about it now... Having just seen the trailer for the new Maze Runner movie. Well, I can't wait. Yeah, which I was like, oh, yeah, I like these movies. I could see what you're saying as far as, like, tonally, it seems like that's... It's probably not even as dark as a Maze Runner movie. No, it's not. So it's like if somebody was... They, they were really off base. They didn't adapt yeah. the source material well, but they didn't emulate the thing that they seemed to kind of be like well either. Interesting. Yeah. So that, that's a bummer. Um, sure. So don't bother. Um... I just had to look this movie up on IMDb because I couldn't remember which one it was. I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. Is that the one with Jordana Brewster? Yeah, that's the Jordana Brewster, Matt Bomber one. That's the one that's presented when they, because that was the one that came after the remake. And they presented it as like, oh, here's the pre, here's, you're going to finally find out everything about Leatherface. But if memory serves, it's really just another like, yes. Leatherface is pretty much a grown-up by the time the movie begins. Yep. So, yeah. I, I last time we talked, I had watched the Texas Chainsaw remake. Right. A movie that I don't dislike. But this, this, this movie is just trash garbage. Yeah, like, that's my memory It's really it. bad. It's not fun. It's not interesting. It's not... It's a rehash. Yeah. It's cool to see Matt Bomber being all young and hot, but, like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'll just look at pictures if I need to look at him. <laughs> um, and now they have, so I haven't seen the new movie, the actual prequel where Leatherface is a the kid. The one that is directed by the guys that did Inside, which was everybody was really excited about. And I don't know, everything I've heard has been, it's terrible. 
Yeah, I didn't even seek it out because yeah. I think I'm a little overloaded right now gotcha. on retellings of Leatherface and prequels. Um, I watched a movie that apparently Zach has wanted to watch his entire adult life. Um, it came out in 1999 and it is called Virus. It stars Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis. Curtis. I didn't see it, yeah. but I remember when it came out. I remember seeing previews for it. I don't know why he's held the torch for this movie for so long. <laughs> oh, was it worth it? Did it, you know, can he die I happy pl- now? I was pleasantly surprised. I think you should watch it. This okay. is a fucking Emily movie if everyone yeah. has one. Okay, I'm in. Um, It's about, so it's about, like, robot aliens? I like that. And I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about it. It's called virus. I thought it was about like an illness kind of virus, <laughs> not like a computer virus. Well. So it was not what I expected, but it is extremely interesting and it does not feel like a movie from 1999. And it feels way? like a much older movie. Ooh, okay. I like that. But but like in a super interesting way, like they don't make them like that anymore kind of way. Nice. Okay. I'm in. So I'm that... In. That's my recommend for you. We got it from the vi- from the video store, so I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I'll find it. Um, went to the theater and saw Happy Death Day. Me too! Yay! I liked it, but I wish it was a little bit better, but I liked it. Yeah, um, it, it's just really fun. Like, I think it, 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 had, it found a tone that worked really well. Um, I thought the lead actress was great. Yes, she uh, held that whole thing together. She really did. Jason made a really good point, which was... If, you know, they've kind of talked every, like, every other year they bring up, oh, somebody's going to do a Buffy the Vampire Slayer remake. Like, if they ever did, she would be perfect. Yeah. She was great. She really was the glue. Yep. And I like that it, like, it had a weight to it. It was, it was funny. It was sharp. Um, Yeah. And it just, it could have gone further, I think. I had a really good idea for how it should have ended. Like, there should have been a post-credit sequence. Um, but you know, they didn't ask me when they made the movie, so Oh, what were they really? Uh but yeah, I just thought it was fun. Like it was just a good time in the theater. I'm glad I saw it. I did like it. But it could it could have been more, Mm -hmm. you know. Fair. That that's just me wanting more things. But I liked it. So once it starts, you know, hitting um VOD and red box it and stuff, I think everybody should watch it because it's it's worth it. Yeah. Um, now you watched the babysitter. I did. And then I watched it. <laughs> what did you think? Um, there were things about it I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to get it, it up while I'm talking about it. Um, I, there, the, the kid in it was great. Yeah, I liked him. So for me, the strengths were the cast, but also the weaknesses might have been the cast. In what way? So the, some of them were great and some of them weren't. Who did you not like? Um... So I liked the the shirtless dude who's Me too. In he a was great, right? Stuff. That so guy was fantastic. Stuff. Yeah, and I was like, he's so familiar. And then Zach and I looked him up, and I was like, well, that's because we've seen this, this, ah. this, this, and this. Like there was, so he's I, so good. I kept going kind of back and forth, and if I liked it or not, I was as I was watching it. And then there's the point where like he gets his big moment, where like he's just running around without a shirt, and even the kids like, dude, why aren't you wearing a shirt? Oh. And like it's so funny. Yeah, it's like right in the middle of the movie and it really turned the movie for me. It like again, I didn't love it in the end, but like that whole sequence and that character elevated that movie so much for me. Yeah. I didn't like the the main female protagonist at all. I didn't she didn't really like she kept taking me out of the movie. The babysitter, I mean, you mean? 
the, baby, the, the titular babysitter. Okay. Um, and like, as far as the story goes, like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this dude, his name's Robbie Amell. He was um, in the new X Files, and he is in a really interesting time loopy movie called Arc A R Q. And I like him a lot in this. And I yeah. also apparently am a Bella Thorne fan. Didn't know. Yeah, what? Is, Didn't was know she like a her. Disney kid? Yeah, she's like a kid actress lady. Okay. That that Teen Vogue is always like, look at what Bella Thorne's wearing now. Like, I always and I'm like, hear her name and I didn't know who she was. <laughs> and because I watch Pretty Little Liars, I, I know she's on another show on that network. So I always see it advertised. Um, so yeah, I, but yeah, I agree. I think she's she's pretty funny. She was she was really I enjoyed everything she did in that. And plus I like that I'm in an age where I like when I like the people they cast as parents. Like yes. so Leslie Viv and Ken Marino yep, yep. were great. Very so there's so much there for me. So any any shortcomings, I don't even remember what they really were because there were too many things I liked. Yep. I gotcha. Yeah. So people should watch it. Yeah. Um I finally watched The Devil's Candy, and I think that you have seen it? I did, yeah. I told oh, you, I, I, I made the mistake of breaking up my... I didn't realize it was just, like, kind of a straight horror movie. Yeah. And so I watched it, like, in the wrong tonal situation, if you will. So I, like, started it in the morning and finished it the next morning, and it just kind of broke the flow for me. But it seemed yeah. good. Yeah, I was okay with it. It felt like there wasn't maybe enough for a whole yeah. movie. Yeah, I've heard people say it, it felt like it could have been a really good anthology segment. Yep, but that being said, I will always show up for Ethan Embry. Yep. Like, he was great in it. Agreed. Um, the little girl was great in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was, there was too many good, again, too many good things for me to walk away with, like, a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would be, I, I struggle to, like, embrace it as, like, a well-constructed narrative like it because it just wasn't yeah it's very um what's the word like there's one thing going on in that movie when you think Mm -hmm. about it like there is one storyline and it just so it's this whole like but it's still a 90 hundred minute movie that's just moving in one direction and there's something about that that i think if it had been shorter maybe um it could have been more maybe tonally effective but it just felt like by the time I realized it was like ending, I'm like, oh, that's it. I felt like there should have been yeah. more. So, yeah, I that's pretty much exactly how I felt. Um, but I'm glad I watched it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, went to the theater and saw the new Kingsman movie. Okay, what did you think? I haven't I, seen any of them yet. I really like the first one. This one, I don't know. People, I I saw some things where people were like this is garbage, but like it's not bad. It's not as good as the first one, okay. but, like, I don't know, that's, they call it a sophomore slump for a reason. Like, sure. sometimes the follow-up thing isn't as good. It was still really good, and that, that lead kid is funny and charismatic and sweet. So, like, I don't know, it was it was worth going to sit in a theater for it, I think. Okay. Um, so, I sometimes get nervous before I get on planes. Oh. I don't like planes. I get scared. Oh, well, just it's out of your control. Just let it I be know. in the hands of somebody much who's studied this for a long time. And I just am convinced I'm going to die every time. So oh. we were still in October. So Zach was like, you pick what you want to watch for the movie. You know, like something that will make you put you at ease. Because I was 
gonna you know so get you up decided first. to watch alive alive no final destination <laughs> um, so i picked bride of chucky <gasps> yay that's like such a comfort it's a movie comfort for me movie. now it's a good one yeah so good. Uh, i there's whole aspects of it that i forget even are in this movie like katherine heigl like i forget that that's even a yeah, thing yeah Every, that's a thing like, Every time I watched it, I'm like, oh, there's other things happening yep. in this movie. Because in my head, yeah. it's just Jennifer Tilly, and then Jennifer Tilly's right. a doll. That's like, kind that's of all you need, because that that's just such a great part of it. But there, like, there's the um, the character of the friend, like, who's, yep. just, who's great, and it's just this nice, like, oh, there's a gay character in this movie in 1996 that's handled really well, or 98. Yeah. It's, it's a great yeah. one. It's great. It's my favorite. Oh, I just hit my microphone. Sorry. Um, it's my favorite Chucky movie. It was amazing. I'm yeah. so glad I watched it. Okay. So then I didn't die on a plane. Yay. And, when I- and when I came home, um, so Amityville, The Awakening. That's the new one. It's the new one. So it's apparently free through Google Play. Okay. Wow. Somehow made it be on our TV. So we watched it. Any good? Um, I. You know, I will say, so it, like, it toyed with being the movie that I want it to be because it, 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 I'm not really spoiling anything. It acknowledges the fact that it's present day acknowledging the fact that people think this house is haunted and, or possessed and that there's movies about it. Like it, 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 it's a little little self-aware. Okay. They watch the original movie in the movie. Okay. Um, so like I'm like yeah they're really fucking doing it and there's a few creepy parts a few unsettling parts but overall I mean it, it dropped the ball a bunch I I think that is an Amityville completist like you are <laughs> you should you should watch it at some point Bella Thorne is in it which oh is well fun. then um, uh, that's her lead yeah. in I know Bella Thorne was in it and she was good in it but there's like. I don't know, man. You, you're like, yeah, we're going to make a meta set in present day Amityville movie that acknowledges all the shit. I'm like, yeah, strap in. And then it wasn't that movie. Aww. So that's bummer. Um, then it was Halloween. And on Halloween, I watched the Garfield Halloween special. Oh, I love that one. It, it didn't age that well, but Aww, still, it's fun. that. I know. But like, I like it. It's still, yeah. it's still cool. Um, and then we watched The Thing. The which, which good... Thing? thing the john carpenter okay. there's a few things now that thing that's a good, that's john a good halloween watch only one counts. yeah that's kind of what we were thinking we were trying to do like a classic mm-hmm. uh, it's been a couple years since i watched it i think but it's great obviously cool um just like two or three more i'll go quick okay. um finally watched spider-man homecoming what did you think because i didn't I didn't watch it in the theater because I was on a mini Marvel strike. Mm-hmm. I didn't want Disney any more of my money. I have no desire. Like, I really had no desire, especially when I, I'm like, I really don't need another Spider-Man movie. But I, I'm very interested in that director. So Guess what? It's good. Oh, good. That's good to hear. Yeah. It was funny and cute, and it wasn't an origin, which is so Yeah, it's uh, important. Yeah. Um, but I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Good. Um, so, thumbs up on that. Um so we were like, what movie? We just don't even want to pay attention to a movie. You just want to put one on. So we watched Hudson Hawk. <laughs> I've never seen it. Emily! I've I know, seen it's so notorious. Embarrassing amount of times. This was a movie that it must have been when I had cable and when I was a correct age. Okay. I have yep. seen this movie 
dozens of fucking times. Okay. This is a childhood constant watch for me. <laughs> so people are like, nothing just... but trouble. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. I don't know what it is about this movie. I'm oddly fascinated by it. And I have watched it as an adult, but I don't think we've ever watched it together. So we were like, I don't know, going to clean up or do something. And I was like, just put it on in the background. Sat in front of it the entire time. Didn't move. Nice. <laughs> just fucking watched it. Settled in and watched Hudson Hawk. That movie's weird. I like it. You should watch it. I, I should. I've, I never have. And I always have been interested in it to just based on its sort of reputation. I think Rejection Booth did, a, did an episode on it that I didn't listen to. because so I'm like, let me wait until I actually watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of these days. It's it's not so. So it's streaming somewhere because we watched it. Okay. So I don't know where. Um, then for some reason we watched The Day the Earth Stood Still, the Keanu Reeves one. Oh, okay. Have you it seen the like... original? You've seen the original, right? Yeah, okay. it's been it's been a while for me though. Um, I was just kind of like, it's no way it's as bad as people said it was. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Be sad. Yeah, that's dis- not know. disappointing. Like, I think the original is a great, great movie yeah. uh, that holds up very well, and probably even holds up better. Right, if I were to watch it right now, it'd probably speak yeah. more to our time than it did ten years ago when I watched it. Yeah, I I didn't expect it to be, like, a modern classic, but, like, I really like iRobot. Right. That's a movie that That's I like. That's the one, yeah. That a lot of people didn't like, so I thought, like, oh, maybe it'll be an iRobot mm. situation for me, and it wasn't. It was okay. just really boring. Um, and then, finally, aside from the things that we're going to talk about, um, I watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the ooh, Apes. Oh, okay. I do saw- Apes. I I mean, I have loved these apes movies, and it's kind of a shame that we didn't, we were totally planning on seeing war in the theaters, but we just got really busy over the summer and didn't get to. Um, tell me, what did you think? So I saw the first one, like kind of when it, not when it came out in theaters, but I think I red boxed it. Okay. Um, and I was like lukewarm on it. I was mm. like, it's okay. It's a movie. Um, and never sought out the other ones. Like never okay. even like didn't follow sure. at all. Um these movies did something to me, man. Like, I screamed. I was crying. Yeah. It was awful. Dawn, I would say Dawn was better than War for okay. me. Both deeply upsetting. Um, but Dawn is just unrelenting yeah. in how upsetting it is. And, it's um, also think... ha- and it also has apes riding horses. Dude, like, I... When I tell you that I had a lump in my throat the entire yeah. runtime of both of these movies, I like it hurt. Like my throat hurt. I felt like I was on the verge of tears the entire time. They were so good. Where why was I sleeping on these movies? What was my know. problem? I don't know, girl, I don't know. And then, like I was like, uh, that guy with the forehead from Zero Dark Thirty. I can't I never remember. Oh Jason his name. something. He was also but, like, in Terminator Genesis. Yes, 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 exactly. We, we're on the same page. We are. I yeah. was like, oh, whatever, that guy. And then I was like, oh, he's my favorite guy. And I love <laughs> he's guy. saving humanity and apes. Yeah. Oh, man. And I was like calling apes by their name. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, Caesar like, is such a great character. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Is he a great character? Yeah. Cried multiple times. In tears multiple yep. times. Yep, yep. Um, so you have not seen War yet? Not yet. No, no. I forgot that it happened. It's on DVD now, isn't it? We need to. Yeah, me need to me too. It. Forgot that it happened. I yeah. was like, when did this come out? And he's like, I don't know, like over the summer. Where were you? Yeah, and I was like, like, I don't know. Deep in July. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, so Steve Zahn is in it? I like Steve Zahn. Oh, me too. Watch this fucking movie and you'll die. You'll love him so much. Nice. nice. So that's my recommend to you. Okay. <laughs> get I'm this on it. I'm on it. Okay. That's it. That's all I have. I tried to go fast. Okay. Um, all right. I got, I got some movies. I watched some movies. Uh, okay. Um, I have a couple of horror movies. I Amazon Prime, One Night, Flipping Around, What Should I Watch? Oh, here's a movie from 2002 with Mira Sorvino and Olivier Martinez called Angel of Death. That sounds good. It's not very good. Uh, she is a dete- she's a Spanish detective with a Spanish mm-hmm. accent. She goes to Spain to hunt down a religious murderer. It's like you're still movie. you still got me. I know, like, no, that's the thing. Everything about this movie, like if I read everything about it, and um, one there's an older actress in it, and she was in I think Suspiria and Inferno, like this older Spanish actress who's you know it's I think it was her last film, and like so there's a lot in this movie that should be great, uh, and I mean the fact that it's 2002 and feels pretty. 2002 helps it a lot, but it's kind of boring and was pretty disappointing. You can still watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, you can give it a try. You might like it, but I think you'd, I think, I think you would have the same reaction I did, which was I should have loved it because it has all these weird things that I would love. Yeah, it seems like yeah. something that somebody made for you. Exactly, and and I found myself drifting very quickly. So, for whatever what that's worth. Now, on Halloween, we decided, so, okay, this was an interesting rewatch for me. We were trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what to watch. We couldn't find anything. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? On Amazon Prime, I saw that last, The Last Exorcism 2 was on there, and I hadn't seen 2, and I'm like, okay, Brandon hasn't seen The Last Exorcism. Now, my husband has, tends to be very, not sensitive, but, like, if a movie has a shitty ending, it kind of destroys the movie for him Mm -hmm. and I thought to myself okay he's gonna probably feel that way about the last exorcism but a if memory serves the first part of that movie is so good and you know what I've only seen that movie one time maybe this will be a case where I'm gonna watch it again and I'm gonna like the ending will click for me and I'll be able to justify it and like I'm gonna get it and we so we watched it and god damn it is that movie frustrating because the first 90 minutes are so good um the the lead actor who I just realized now is on Better Call Saul is so good. The idea of this character who grew up as a preacher and lost his religion um, and is kind of showing you how he fakes these things, that's great. The acting is great. Ashley Bell should be a superstar because she is fantastic in everything she does. Um, I like her a lot, too. She's yeah. so good. Uh, and the, Caleb Landry, Caleb, is it Landry Jones, the brother yeah. who's you know gone on to have quite a good career, he's really mm-hmm. good in it. He is Oh, God, why does this movie shit the ending so badly? Um, I haven't seen it since the first time I saw it. And the first time I saw it, I was enraged by the ending. Yeah, and, you know, rewatching it, what was interesting was watching it knowing where it goes. On one hand, there were, like, tiny little things that I'm like, okay, everything about this now justifies the brother. Like, I get the brother's character now, rewatching it. Um... And knowing, like, what he knows and, you know, what this other character doesn't know and so on. But it it doesn't even, like, I, rem- I was started reading and, like, trying to find a justification for it. And I mm-hmm. found an interview with the filmmaker. 
uh, who talks about, and this is kind of spoiling the ending a little bit, but, um, you know, like something like he talks about the abruptness of the ending and he says, well, if, you know, if I'm doing a found footage film and I'm doing it very realistically, then, you know, when the person holding the camera, when something happens to them, then the movie's going to end. And then I think to myself, fuck you, you have ambient music in your movie. Yeah, I feel like that's a, like, after the reactions kind of cop-out. Exactly, like, it's a cop-out because, no, you weren't following your rules the whole time. You have a score to your movie. Yeah. So you can't fall on the I-did-it-all-found-footage style because you didn't. It's not Blair Witch. Um, so it, it made oh, me... see, there you go. That's an ex- actual example of that working. Yeah. Right, right. And, and in that one, it makes perfect sense. Yep. Um, and so it was so, it was genuinely frustrating. Um, and I felt bad because then Brandon's like, did you make me watch it knowing I'd hate it? I'm like, well, I just, I thought maybe not. I thought maybe I could justify it this time, but I can't. Um, but then I decided I watched the sequel, uh, and because I had heard shitty things about the sequel, but I knew it was Ashley Bell. So I'm like, ah, let me see what they did. And you know what? Sequel's fine. It's not great, but she's great. Um, it is set in New Orleans, so it and, it, and they embrace that quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. It's it is a straightforward movie. It's not found footage. It is standard style, which is fine. Um, I was saying it reminded me a little bit of like Candyman two, where Candyman two is actually a really good movie, and it it uses New Orleans really well, and it does some great things. It just has the misfortune of being a good sequel to a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like, with Blast Exorcism, so I thought of that a lot watching it. Um, it's it's not great, but it's not it's fine. It's a, it's it's a slightly better than average straight to streaming whatever horror movie. So you can check it out if you so desire. Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it. I, yeah, I guess I, I just didn't really have a desire to. Yeah, and I feel like you might even like find yourself like more. It's more satisfying than Last Exorcism in many ways. Just because, mm-hmm. aside from the, if you can get over the title, if you can get over any movie that is titled The Last Exorcism 2, then. <laughs> okay, the next movie I watched, oh my god, I want you to watch it. Uh, this was streaming on Amazon Prime. It is called Cruel World. Okay. So, Cruel World was made in 2005. Uh, Christine, go back in time. Television wise, what was like the big thing in TV in 2005? I don't know. You couldn't flip a channel without landing on a reality competition show, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is this like that? Yes. Um, it stars Edward Furlong. Ooh. Is, uh, was on like a, a Joe, not even, not even a Bachelorette show. He was on a Joe Millionaire ripoff. And they actually referenced Joe Millionaire on the, in the movie. And they reference it in such a way that assumes anybody watching this movie knows Joe Millionaire. <laughs> Which I love because it's so of its time. Um, yeah, like people watching that now might not know what that would is. Not, would have no idea of this one season reality show that aired on Fox in 2003. And I remember this very well because I watched it in college and we were obsessed with it. Anyway, uh, so Edward Furlong was on a dating competition and got rejected by Jamie Presley. Um, so he is a, you know, kind of, talk about a, a puffy, um, <laughs> like bloated man. Bloated um, pasty. Bloated pasty puffy man. So <laughs> bloated pasty puffy Edward Furlong, uh, decides to exact his revenge. And what he does is he, um, uh, runs a like fake reality show where he recruits all these young wannabe reality show actors, including mm-hmm. Andrew Keegan. Okay. Uh-huh. And a young um 
Nate Parker from uh, Birth, Birth of a Nation. Okay. So anyway, he recruits all these young people to be on like this Big Brother-esque show. But of course, what he's really doing is he's killing them one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a weird watch because it's a it's dated in a very 2005 way, which is fascinating to me. It's very reality TV. Um, it has the, like a mean streak to it, which I don't enjoy that much. But it's also totally just taking on reality TV, which works. And in its own really odd way, whether it was intended or not, having its villain be this, like, white kind of Gamergate guy, in a sense, really works in 2017. Because it's just very relevant and believable yeah, that this, yeah. nerdy, this rejected, nerdy, lonely white guy would do these horrible things. Uh, so, yeah, in a weird way, it's a recommend. So it's on Amazon. What is it called again? Cruel World. Oh, which I find is a very difficult two words to say together. But anyway. Yeah. It's because it's, sometimes it sounds like drool. I was going to say it's like rural drawer. <laughs> the rural drawer. All right. Also on uh, Netflix instant, um, just flipping around, watching a horror movie, The House on Willow Street. Uh, recent. How was this? This is, um, I watched it mostly because my um, step-up 3D girlfriend, Sharni Vinchin, is in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is about a group of people that decide to kidnap the wealthy, a wealthy daughter of, you know, heiress daughter. Only when they do, they find out she's actually, like, possessed by a demon. So they get more than they bargained for, if you will. Uh, this was, de- I was really into this at first, and then I think, I don't know why I got bored, if it was just me out war if it was the movie but it's decent it's it's a very kind of typical low-ish budget cgi demon effects some of which are pretty cool some good jump scares it's all right mm-hmm. um we watched i watched with brannon um a recent ifc release blood glacier oh my god I think I know of this because the name makes me laugh. It's a really stupid title, and I think I was kind of expecting a stupid movie, and I was a little disappointed that it wasn't, that it was, like, g- kind of good. Because <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, oh, Blood Glacier. Because I think I was mixing yeah. it up with Blood Surf. Oh, boy. Because Blood Glacier sounds like like a, like a Sharknado kind it of does, thing. doesn't it? And I'm sure it's, like, translated from Nordic, so it's probably, like, sounds better in Norwegian or something. Uh, it's sort of a very environmental horror movie in the vein of the thing. Um, there are people, station, scientists stationed uh, by a glacier in like remote Norway, and there's a blood glacier, basically. Mm-hmm. And it turns out there is something, uh, because, you know, humans are scum and we've, you know, destroyed the world, that... Um, stuff is coming up and rising and that includes stuff that causes mutations so you get very um uh stop motion sort of thing-esque hybrid fly elk murderous thingies um it's pretty good it's it's really the, the cast is great it's like a nice mix it's an older cast which is nice uh the problem is it just it kind of falls apart towards its end it not to be like dark but it leaves too many people alive i guess mm-hmm. um oh, well like the, there's a scene where um they've kind of established that like oh anything that gets crossbred is really dangerous and if it bites you it's gonna then like lodge into your body and lay eggs and it's gonna be really bad 
So there's a scene where something has been crossed with a fly. And so, like, all these flies are flying around the people and they're getting bit. And it's like, oh, shit, they're fucked. But they're not. Like, nothing really mm-hmm. comes of that. And you're like, wait, but, but all the stakes are gone. You just took away all the stakes. So it, I maybe get, I'm getting hang, hung up in details, but it, like, bothered me a bit. But um, it's still pretty. If you find it, this was not streaming. This was a Netflix disc. If it shows up streaming, I think it's worth a watch. But okay. again, it had some frustrations. I just assumed it was going to be really goofy. I know, right? Because it has a title yeah. that's goofy. All right, I just have a few more. One of which is also, this was an Amazon Prime. Oh, a few Amazon Primes. Okay, one um, Amazon Prime 1980 Australian movie called Nightmares, which is also known as Stage Fright. Both of which oh, titles yeah, yeah. are very are very hard to know because there's like a hundred horror movies with both, both titles. Um, but this is a young woman is in a car accident as a kid and her mother dies getting dragged over glass shards. So 10 years, 20 years later, she's an actress and she's in the theater and people are dying and they're getting stabbed by glass shards. There's a lot of glass shards in this movie, in case I haven't yeah. made it clear. Sounds sounds like there's some glass shards. Yeah, this is a gloriously pretty stupid 1980 Australian horror movie. I say that with a lot of affection. Um, it's a mess. Everything doesn't really come together. Um, there's clearly, like, some random boobs thrown in just for the fun of it. Uh, but the the best part about it is it has a lot of fun with making fun of theater people it's like theater people are really superstitious and so when when they Mm -hmm. say things they get punished for it which as somebody who kind of can't stand superstitious theater people um it amused me so it's on amazon prime it's kind of a fun stupid it would have been a good october watch for you Uh, okay yeah even better october watch on amazon prime 1984's the mutilator which I have never seen. Ooh, I think you dig it. It's really again. It's I don't know, there's something really unappealing about that title. Um, it. Let me give you like the way it opens. It opens on a flashback of a kid. It's his dad's birthday, so he wants to do something nice for his dad. So his mom's in the kitchen making dinner, and the kid decides he's going to clean his dad's gun collection, and oh, accidentally shoots his mom in the process. And so now, right. some twenty years later. Um, the kids now grown up and him and his college friends go to like clean their dad's house. Cause the dad asked him to like close out his beach house. And the dad apparently for no reason whatsoever has gone crazy and starts mutilating all of them. Oh boy. So it's... right there in the title, huh? Well, here's the thing. Like there's also like a really catchy theme song to it. Uh, it's, it's very eighties in a good way. Um, has a ridiculous ending where like a man has lost half of his body, but is still like ends up killing two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I don't know why you're not understanding my recommend of this. I will, I will, it's, I will watch it. Put it at on some the list point. for next October. Fine. Okay. For next October. All right. I can <laughs> I'm promise giving you that. a nice break. I'm giving you a break. Okay. Thank I made you, you watch eight Saw movies, Christine. Saw <laughs> All right, two more. One is um, I had never seen it, and it was my Netflix disc that I had for, of course, a month and a half. And this is Pixar's The Incredibles. I have not seen it either, but I know people really like it. It's a delight. It is yeah. a delight. Uh, very funny, very sweet. Um, a little bit darker and more violent than I would normally see in a kid's movie, but I think mm-hmm. that was kind of known. Um, 
yeah, it's it's just a delight. I highly recommend it. And then the last thing, uh, went to the theater last week for, you know, the nice early morning screening of Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yay! Did you love it? I think we're going to see it this week. I did! It's really fun! Yeah. Um, yeah, again, I didn't see... It's funny. I did not see Dark World. And I remembered you were not a fan. I don't no. know anybody that's a fan. Uh, and Brandon said, he's like, do you want to watch it before we go see it? I'm like, not... No, it's going to be like two and a half hours and it's not good, apparently. And he's like, okay, but you should probably like read the synopsis. So you like, you know, have any questions answered. So we get to the theater and I remember I'm like, oh, let me pull up the synopsis of, of Thor Dark World. And I'm reading it. And it's, first of all, it's really long. The synopsis itself is like a two page thing. And I finish it and I look at Brandon. And I'm like, what the fuck happened in that movie? He's like, um, all you need to know is, I, you know, I guess Loki died, but he didn't die. And Thor doesn't know that. I'm like, okay. And then Thor Ragnarok starts. And like the first thing they basically establish is there is the, like, one of the moment that kind of, I think, was like your make or break of, oh, this is the direction we're going in, in Thor. In the very beginning, and I'm, I'm not spoiling anything. There is a scene early on on Asgard that um, basically recaps Thor Dark World for you. Mm-hmm. So A, it's a very funny scene. And B, I'm like, oh, great. I didn't even have to read that synopsis. They've just answered everything I need to know about this movie. There you go. It's all there for you. Yeah. It's it's just fun. Um, the action stuff to me wasn't that exciting. Uh, I'm never, I'm rarely that impressed by action in superhero movies. And especially in this one where it's kind of even more cartoonish. Mm-hmm. But it's just really fun. The cast is great. I I like Chris Hemsworth as a comedic actor, and he gets to I be really too. funny. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hiddleston's great. Like, everybody's fantastic in it. Tessa Thompson is just badass Oh, cool. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good time. I think you're going to really enjoy it. We are totally seeing it this weekend. Because I actually want to see Orient Express too, Ooh, yeah. but I figure I can I can hold off on that. I got my movie pass back in case oh, he hadn't noticed. <laughs> I'm actually going to see things. Very good. Yeah, I look right. forward to hearing your report back on it. I will let you know. I'm encouraged that you enjoyed it, though. Yeah, yeah. just it's just a good time. And obviously, stay through the end credits because obviously yes. it's a Marvel movie. You're supposed to do that. Really, you're supposed to do that with every movie, I think. But maybe I'm old fashioned that way. Sometimes I have to pee real bad, though. Oh, well, but what if you miss a stinger or a clever nickname of a crew member? I mean, they deserve I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I can't wait. Okay. Well, those are the movies I've watched other than my um, recommends, which I'll get to later. But first, we've got some, uh, we've got some song to do, Christine. Oh, we do, don't we? We do. Why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we are going to talk about Saw 6 and 7 slash the final chapter slash 3D. When the leaves of summer turn red and gold and the football games bring a hint of the cold time to get away. We'll pack the car with escape in mind Forgetting about classes, leaving books behind Time to get away Empty cottage sit on the shore Tore us all left about a month before And we're gonna have a good time Gonna have a good time Yeah, we're gonna have a good time We're going on now A ball break, ball break. walking hand in hand in the moonlight And the moonlight will be the sweet all there, I swear we'll never bar. We're going on a ball break, ball break. Run. 
All right. So nine, no, 2009 comes, uh, of course, in October 23rd, 2009, one year after the events of Saw 5, comes Saw 6, directed mm-hmm. by Kevin Gruter, Grutert, who was the editor. Gruyere. Gruyere. <laughs> Gruyere. That's not it. That sounds right. Uh, so he was the editor on Saw's 2, 3, 4, and 5. Uh, also, he, he was the editor on The Collection and The Strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this, I think, was his directorial debut, Saw 6, a.k.a. the healthcare one. Um, this was the, uh, just a quick background, uh, this was the first Saw film to really start to not make as much money. I think this was the least, this might have made the least money of any Saw film. Uh, and it also um, had the misfortune of, or again, this is actually very, I think, very fascinating because saw for five years was the the horror franchise and then in 2009 um saw six got beat at the box office by another movie do you know what that movie was another horror movie uh so 2009 something else came out in the theaters that started a new franchise do you know what that was was? it paranormal it was paranormal activity yeah so, did I really guess it right? You did, yeah. Saw 6 yeah, came right. out the same time as Paranormal Activity 1. And thus a franchise turnover happened. And then we had a different direction for the horror genre for the next several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Christine, I would like you to give a synopsis of Saw 6. Emily, I'm going to tell you that I honestly can't. I already don't remember which one this was. This is the healthcare one. So that was the, it's the one with the man going through all the traps. Oh, wait, which one's that? <laughs> all of them? Um, so IMDb says Agent Strom is dead. And he has FBI been wall-squished, a- don't forget. What was, what was that? Agent Strom was Gilmer Girls who got wall-squished. Yeah, so the last, when last we were here, it ended with a wall-squish, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so he is dead, and FBI Agent Erickson, which would be Costas, right? No, Hoffman is Costas. I don't even know. Who's, Who's Erickson? Oh, is is Erickson? Wait, who is... Oh, he's the, um, like, FBI, the older gentleman with the, the older mustache. The older guy? Okay. Yeah. So the older guy so draws nearer to Hoffman. Meanwhile, a pair of insurance executives find themselves <laughs> in another game set by Jigsaw. Yes. And so the, a pair, I, is it a pair? It's, I mean, it's one, it's primarily one insurance executive who, yeah, I don't get the pair. Yeah, so the um, insurance executive is the guy who denied healthcare coverage to um, John Kramer. So oh, when John God. Kramer was first got diagnosed with cancer, he discovered there was a experimental treatment that might have saved him. Um, but when he went to his healthcare company, uh, he was denied coverage, as as many mm-hmm. are, and. And, and, I say end because by this point, um, this is, chronologically, this is mostly taking place in quote-unquote present day at the time. So mm-hmm. by this point, society knows who John, that Jigsaw was John Kramer. Yes. How is this insurance executive not pissing himself every day thinking, they're going to get me? Like, look, at this point, so if you looked murders. at this guy wrong, you're yeah. in a saw trap. 
And, I mean, we'll get to this, especially when we talk about the new movie. Like, there, we find out over the course, by this point, the sixth film, like, there's at least 20 people that have been saw-trapped and killed. If, like, this would be a national case. There's no way most people wouldn't know about this, much less somebody that actually, anybody that ever interacted with John Kramer. And by this film, we find out that John Kramer was actually, like, a pretty well-known dude in society. Yep. Like, you would have to think to yourself, man, I wonder if I was on his list and if uh, I'm going to get saw-trapped one of these days, because everybody else has been. Yeah. I wonder if that one time the French onion, French onion soup I served him was too cold, and now I'm going to end up getting saw trap for it. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, again, this, this will come up in other movies, like, John Kramer was a busy dude when he was dying. How many fucking messages did he record? Oh, he had like 18 accomplices and yeah. was recording a message every hour. Like, there aren't ahead, enough hours in the day to do what he did. My God. Yeah. I don't know. At this point, I think what we're what we're saying is at this point, it's so convoluted that it's it's almost impossible to keep track of. And I have no problem with that. Oh, so this movie broke me a little bit. Ah, and this is the one that I still maintain. And I was curious, I, I had felt this way before, I was curious if I still would by the end of it. I maintain, um, I think this is the best Saw film. So, as far as, like, a Saw film, like, it's fine. But I think now that we're, this at this point, we're six in. Yep. It has become so formulaic that it is boring. Fair. And... And like I can't, I cannot keep them straight. And even in this new one, so our formula is we have cops doing very bad police procedural. Oh my work. god, like, it is so like bad. Sub SVU level, like completely unbelievable cop stuff. No, these and are then the cops have... that on every SVU episode, like whenever they ever have to interact with other cops, and the other cops have fucked up. Like, they're dealing with a rape victim, and they go to another cop, and the cop was like, yeah, well, you know, uh, she asked for it, I think. Like, that's, like, the level of copping in the Saw films. So, it's that running in tandem with the, the Saw traps. And yeah. it's just, I guess, the, the the police stuff is really wearing on me, and, and I'm finding it increasingly difficult to focus on. I understand, it's- yeah. The mon- Jigsaw's monologuing is just <laughs> ever-present, and it, I, I don't know, it's, these movies are exhausting. See, I think, it, I, I, I am not saying you are wrong in any way, and I mean, it, it's, obje- it's, it's, it's... You could say no, I No, I mean, that's the thing, on one not... hand, it's like, oh, it's subjective, you're talking about whether you're like movies. On the other hand, no, 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 it's completely objective, like, yeah, no, that is the formula, and the problem i think with the thing that to me this movie might have the best um saw trap storyline because they you get why the character is being saw trapped because mm-hmm. he does deserve it he ultimately has killed a lot of people um secondhand but they also let him have some arcs throughout the traps like his whole thing his traps aren't are less about him than it is like Look, you have to pick which, like, your whole life has been picking who lives and who dies as somebody that grants insurance to people. So guess what? Now we're going to put two people in front of you, 
and one of them you're one of them's gonna die one of them's gonna live you get to make the choice and the whole oh it's, it doesn't work that that no, no no that that is how it works basically as somebody who's been making that choice for people and so it gives him a little bit of a, of a lesson but it also like he's he's not just a total wash and waste of a person in the mm-hmm. saw game like he figure he gets it very quickly and realizes okay i i have to make a choice otherwise everybody's going to die let me let me still try to make whatever the right choice can be in this situation and so i like that i like there is a twist at the end of that which i think kind of works because again like i think that was one that i the first time i watched it, i didn't see coming so which is after he gets through this entire thing the whole time you think that his wife and son are being held hostage yep and um, i do like that i like that yeah so i'm not going to deny your your everything you've said is completely accurate i don't like th- this this saw trapping sequence is arguably the most cohesive yeah yep but but I don't know. Like at this stage, cut the cop shit out completely. The cop shit All in the... this case. And I think one of the biggest problems in watching these movies is realizing the one of the biggest mistakes they made is that Costas Mandal they end up banking so much on Costas Mandalore. Yep. He is not a good actor. He is nope. not charismatic. Again, uh-uh. I find him kind of amusing. But he is not the actor to rest your franchise on. Nope. And the and character neither is Jean's wife. No, no, she is not so at all. This is very Costas and Jill. I'm calling her by her character name and him by his human name. It's very, it's it very heavy on them. Yep, yep. And for me, they have consistent... Okay, Costas at one point is awesome, and I think it's in this movie. But from they have been weakest links in yep. this fucking yep. saw chain that you've been dragging me with and half of this movie rests on their shoulders yep. and that's, i think that's i think we i think we nailed it that's yeah, what did i it think that me. is a huge issue um i mean even i think with jill i just think betsy russell isn't that good of an actress to really convey enough of exactly where she's at with you know also this one's really confusing because yep. it's like unclear if she's in on it and then like it's explicit that she is but then i think even i think it's the next one they like pull their punch a little bit with it like oh maybe she's not totally in on it right like it it seems her arc is really confusing it is i agree and with uh hoffman costas mandalore it <sighs> he I, and again, I don't know if it's the actor or if it's the part. What's his deal? Like, he's <laughs> he just really likes to to chin stab people. Basically, this is what we sh- learned. That's the tagline of this movie. He's a chin stabber. What's his deal? What is the deal? Like, he okay? We get it that like they explained his motivation in the last film. His sister was killed. Um, he was angry about the way the justice system handled it, so he decided to get vengeance. Jigsaw recruited him. Okay, got that. What? Where does he stand now? Does he believe in rehabilitating people? Probably not, because he doesn't really give people well, a way out. So. so, why go through the extreme of if he if he's just a psycho who wants to kill people, let him just kill people? That's this isn't how you kill people. You don't set up engineering feats of that take a lot of time to put together and monitor and make sure they're going right like 
if you wanted to kill the insurance executive, fucking kill the insurance executive. Don't set up a three-day journey for him to make if you yeah. don't believe he's going to change by it. It's it's really hard to wrap around it. And now in the, in the next film, you find out, okay, well, it makes a little more sense that you have another Saw Prentice working. So maybe he was involved in some of this. But then why did you give me an entire movie about Costas Mandalore? Who's the Saw Prentice in the next one? Um, Carrie Elwes. Dr. Gordon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gone back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. Um, started. So, okay. So the, the insurance guy's journey through this is kind of cool. Yeah, I like the traps in this one. Um, they are pretty good. Yeah. This is the one that has, like, the little merry-go-round. The little carousel where it's yeah. all of his, uh, like, young, um, like, data people that just specialize in telling him what people did wrong. Matters. And yep. it's a great, like, it, it is a token. It's like your typical saw shouty scene of everybody screaming. Oh, but at the same time, I like that it's it's actually, I don't know, I, I really like that trap. Because they're all kind of awful. Um, yep. And so as soon as they start talking, they're all lying. They're all trying to say whatever they can to get ahead. And so the people that he ends up letting live, it's like, okay, well, this woman has a daughter. So fine. Okay, good. Easy. I I can save her. And then it's like, oh, man, this guy's a piece of shit. This girl's kind of a piece of shit. But this guy's, like, really going for it. So I, I I guess I'll let her live. And then the other guy has one of my favorite lines in the entire Saw franchise, which is, when you look at me, no, when you're killing me, you look at me. Yes, it's absurd. That's a great line. Um, so that Saw Traps, like, I get what they're doing. There's like, okay, there's a lot of the puppet in this one. There's a lot of puppet, yeah. I am a hunt. So first of all, I call, we call him Gary. I know that's not his name. <laughs> I know, his name, I know his name is Billy. His name is Billy, but reason. I really like the idea of, like, Parks and Rec, where now we call him Gary. We call him Gary. Sometimes we, Gary. We get so excited when we see him. <laughs> we love that he's always looking away from the camera, but then turns. Um, so anytime there's lots of puppet, I'm in. So the puppet you. is hanging at one point, right? Isn't he yes, hanging? Yes, he and he, like, slams into the glass or something? Oh, there's a lot of, like, puppet jump scares, and they're kind of adorable yes. every time, yeah. It, does, it doesn't work. I wish that they would realize that him going down the hall on the bike, it, we'll talk about that for the new one, I think. Okay. But, um, it's not scary. The doll's <laughs> not scary. Stop it. It's but it's I, great. I love them though. Um, so this one has like I think you mentioned it like the trick ending. So the dude goes through the whole thing and like you think like that his family's there and then you think you find that it's out- his family and his mistress, right? Because they've set up this character of the reporter, the blonde reporter, yeah, who's yeah. introduced to that movie before. And the problem is they set her up as like, oh, she's this like expose journalist, but then they don't, they never justify that or explain anything about it. But so they kind of set it up where it looks like, oh, that's his wife and kid. He's cheating on her with this blonde over here. Nope. Nope. That's his sister. Mm -hmm. And that's like the family of somebody who he denied coverage to. Oh, father of the brides. That's father of the bride guy. George. Yes. Yep. 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 So... He, like, they have to decide if they're going to save him? Is that it? 
Yeah, they get the choice at the very end, which is yeah, this, yeah. this isn't, you know, the insurance executive. Like, it's, oh, no, it wasn't your game. It's up to widow and son of guy who you blatantly killed by denying coverage to. Um, they get the choice of this guy. You can kill this guy or you can let him live. It's up to you. And the wife is like, I can't do it. I can't kill someone. And the son's like, well, fuck it. I can. Yep. <laughs> and it's like a really great death, too. Because his body gets, his like it's, blood gets pumped with an acid, so he like melts from the inside. I so it was kind of gross, but it's I will say cool. this is one of the only saw trap deaths that I was like, oh, like I felt bad for him. Yeah, because he had made the right choices throughout being saw trapped. Mm-hmm. He did the best that he could. He tried to help everybody he could help. Um, he he seem to kind of understand like oh man I'm a, I'm a fucking piece of shit yep. and so like you did kind of want him to make it in the end but ultimately it, it wasn't our choice Christine yes it wasn't our choice um, I was bummed mm-hmm. um, because he wasn't like like I, I was like oh okay he's dead I mean we all knew he was gonna die so this one ends with Costas and the saw trap right uh, yeah, let's first backtrack to Costas's journey in this one, because oh, it has perhaps the most ridiculous copping scene of any of these movies. We've established the police officers of the Saw series are not good cops, to put it That's mildly. one way of putting it, yeah. And so in this movie, and they're not even fucking police, it's the FBI. Yeah. Uh, so we find out, and I I, rem- I was right, remember last movie, I was trying to remember Agent Perez. I'm like, oh, maybe she does come back. Maybe that was a fake death. And yes, it was. They faked her death yep. because they thought they were luring Jigsaw out. So in this oh, movie, boy. she shows up and is like the whole time kind of suspicious of Costas. And so then we get a scene. And let us I really think it's important to set up this entire scene. Um, Agent Perez and Mustache call Costas into the police lab with the one lab mm-hmm. tech because they're like, oh, we got some information. We think you should be here for this. Uh, now, either they're idiots who don't realize it's him at this point, or they're idiots who re- who know it's him, which it seems like they do, and they decide the best way to reveal it is privately without backup in a room that he can very easily, you know, um, kill them all quickly. Yep. So let's talk about how he does this. So, of course, he realizes he's screwed. So he immediately, what does he do? He, he chin stabs the tech. He, he okay. I like, no, there, there's a coffee maker. He takes the coffee and throws it in somebody's face. Uh, coffee is never hot enough gag. for that to happen, quite yeah. frankly. I'm like, it's been sitting there for hours, clearly. And again, like, did, nobody thought to leave a post-it note saying we're about to confront Custis. It might be the killer. If we're dead, it's probably him. Like there's no such thing as that in this world of yep. copping. Yeah. So he, he gets away from them and then he gets saw trapped by Jill. Yep. Which is great. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, Cause we get to kind of see, so it's the bear trap trap that goes yep. on his face, and he is able to get out of it, but in doing so, he has to rip off half of his face, uh-huh, which is pretty cool because then it's the just first skin the first time down. I saw it, I think I cheered. It was just 
really ingenious yeah. how he gets out of it. And it's and like the the final image of the movie is him standing there like in the rain with half of his face just flapping around in the breeze. Yep. And it's a great sight. And again, it's it's there are many reasons why this is my favorite of the Cell movies. I can say mm-hmm. that quite uh with confidence. Even if it has a really stupid half of its movie. Yep, yep. So, yes. There is, for, I guess, at this point, at this stage, some of the things that I don't like are unforgivable. Because Fair. it's getting tiring. And it's it's like they, they can't learn. And again, part of it is because they're making these movies so quickly. They can't seem to learn from their mistakes. They yeah. can't seem to learn that... Oh, what's working? John Kramer, Tobin Bell, saw traps. What's not working? Costas Mandalore, anything having to do with the police. They like seem to never have time to resolve it. So mm-hmm. they just keep doing the same thing with the same people even. Yep. Uh and it's just it's it is it's frustrating because you're like, you know, you got half of a really of not a really good. You have half of a good movie here. And then you have half of a movie that's just stupid with stupid choices yes Uh, but a few other reasons why i really love this movie um i mentioned last time saw six is the movie that also corresponded with the first season of scream queens Mm -hmm. which was a vh1 reality competition hosted by james gunn and and shawnee smith where the whole purpose was to find an actress to play the first victim in the next Saw movie. And so the opening of, of Saw 6 is a trap where it is two um, bank loan officers, I believe. And it's a young woman and a dude, and they have to cut off some of their body, more of their body than the other person in order like mm-hmm. to outweigh the other and so on. So first of all, do you think you could cut your arm off in one minute, in, in like 40 seconds rather? Nope. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like it, I'm pretty sure I would pass out. I, you would think, yeah. But she's able to do it, so she cuts her arm off. Um, and she's really angry about it. And she comes back in the next movie even angrier about it and has one of my other favorite lines in the Saw franchise, which is, um, the only thing good I got out of this is a handicap parking at the goddamn mall. Which is just... So stupid and wonderful, and I love it. It's pretty stupid, yeah. It's pretty stupid, I know. Uh, we get some flashbacks of John Kramer at a certain time of his life. One where oh, he has this a goatee. Is your... Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. My favorite comes no, in the next movie. The favorite one's in the next movie. In the next yep. movie. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. But he I does... didn't even recognize him. He does, <laughs> right, have one of my favorite moments in um, Saw 6, which is when John Kramer is going to visit his insurance executive. And he's standing, like, in his office, and they're talking. And he walks over to insurance executive's fish tank. And in the fish tank are piranha. But the... It's, and and I, that's obviously very significant and, you know, probably symbolic of this, you know, this world. But the best thing is Tobin Bell looks at the, at the tank and, like, re- like, recognizes what kind of fish are in there and just smiles and says, Piranha! Yep. Which is exactly how um, Barbara Steele says it in the Piranha movie. 
And there's something about that. I just, I just want somebody to make a like looping YouTube video of uh, Tobin Bell saying "Piranha" with a smile on his face. Oh boy. Uh, um. Yeah, and I guess what I like is innocent people aren't punished in this movie. Ultimately. Hmm. And I mean that, that's not entirely true. Like, uh, the when the two when insurance executive has to pick between his secretary or like the younger guy the younger guy isn't a bad guy and he dies so yeah i mean he dies that's unfair but the innocent people who like don't aren't saw trapped like actually survive it looks like yeah i get what you're saying i mean obviously it's not like anybody they're being particularly nice to anybody right, right. but it doesn't feel like people are being like really unnecessarily targeted it's not mean the way saw 4 which bothers me because of how it treats um, uh, uh, the cop, Rig. Like, it feels Mm -hmm. mean. It feels actively nasty towards him. Uh, Saw 3 feels actively nasty because everybody is kind of angry and they all die anyway. With this one, like, yeah, there's, I mean, there's obviously a lot of darkness and murder by, you know, uh, chin stabbing and so on. But... It's not unnecessarily mean. For the most part, the people that die have done s- some bad enough things that have at least led to other people's death indirectly. Mm-hmm. It's like the morality is a little cleaner, I guess. A little bit, a little bit, yeah. For this, for this series of movies, for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean, it makes some really like you know deep points about healthcare in America, right? I mean, I guess it kind of does. Yeah, this is this is pre-Obamacare for those who, you know, haven't done the math and such. Uh, I mean, again, not, not that that's saved as many lives as, as it, you know, most people hoped it would. But the point being, like, yeah, we live in one of the, what, wealthiest countries in the world. Um, and yet people have to make decisions whether to you know, um, go into debt or to live, basically, because we have such a fucked up healthcare system. And hey, oh, yeah. you know, that is that is a worthy topic to make a movie about, to make a horror movie about. And as silly and simplistic as it is, how many more, how many other horror movies pre-2009 can you name that used health insurance in in their themes? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Exactly. So you're saying that it was, it was ahead of its time for its subject matter. I feel like it was very of its time, but I feel like it was actively making a statement and, and saying something very like, "Look, health, the healthcare system in the United States is really fucked up." Not it, as much as people want to trash on the Saw series, and hey, I get it. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth never made any such political uh, statements, right? No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, but I I can't bring myself to like it. <laughs> All right, so do you want to move on to part seven? <sighs> Let's do it, because I feel like Jigsaw is going to take like an hour and a half to Oh, goodness. Out. Okay. So part seven, a.k.a. 3D, was uh, originally going to be two movies. Originally, after six, they were going to do two more movies to close up this series. What happened was Saw 6 did very poorly in the box office, so very quickly they had to scramble with their Saw 7 script and condense it into one movie and make that the finale, because they decided they did not have two years' worth of box office left in this franchise. Yep. So, um, 
does it feel like the script of Saw 7 was rushed, Christine? So wait, which one is this? Okay. This is the one, I had it in my head and then I lost it. This is the one where the guy pretends to be sawed and he writes a book about uh-huh. it. Okay, I didn't like He this writes one. a soft help book about being sawed. Yeah. Um, I don't think I liked this one. This one is terrible, but I, at least this time around, really enjoyed watching it. Um, so... Oh boy, the poster for it's crappy. I had to bring it up on IMDb. Yeah, because it was also like the 3D boom. So, yeah. And the 3D in this one, I saw it in 3D back in the day, and it wasn't very good. And watching it not in 3D, it's just a lot of random scenes of violence that that it was one of those like, uh, you can watch it and just shake your arm, do your jazz fingers every time a 3D image is supposed to happen. Yeah, I'm really trying to remember. So, wait, so it's the book guy. It's Sean Patrick Flannery. Sorry, I, I, who I, you can just call Powder, if that's easier for I you. I mean, we all know who he is. I don't know why I keep calling him the book guy. So, Sean Patrick Flannery's the... my The synopsises I'm giving of Saw are just me trying to remember the movies. <laughs> um, so, he... It's all the, all the Saw traps are about, like, his self-help guide and all the people that he has to see they've really leaned into helping other people right, and you have to save other people point, yeah um which is very emblematic of three but um now it's it's been raised to even more boring heights so it's all people that are like his his like publicist mm-hmm. or like his agent and stuff right yes yeah okay very much they so, kind of do like it's like after five with started with five but it's like six and seven it's almost like they could have done this whole the rest of the franchise as a sort of half bad copping and half morality lesson for a new sinner type thing Mm -hmm. and the problem to me like the biggest problem is that this character comes out of no i mean the insurance executive comes out of nowhere in part six but it's connected to jigsaw it makes sense this guy also comes out of nowhere and suddenly we were watching half of a movie about him I just, I don't know, man. What were they doing here? I can't even remember the cops in this one. Oh, God, the cop. Here's why. Because the cop is terrible again. So half of the movie is Powder going through traps to save yep. people that have that knew that he was lying, basically. Yes, exactly. Who protected her, who aided him in, in selling this lie. Right, so whether it's a lawyer, an and agent. I yeah. I don't necessarily dislike that. Mm-hmm. Again, again, it's that 50-50 split. I give zero shits about your fucking awfully written and acted procedural that doesn't actually represent what would happen in any type of case. And so this one, I think, oh God, it's hard to say which is the worst um, copping storyline. It might be in this one, because in this one you get um, a new cop out of nowhere, Gibson, yep. Who's played by the um, bathroom death from Final Destination 1. Yes, there it is. Exactly. Uh Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And so this guy just shows up out of nowhere. And throughout the... Eventually you find out he used to be partners with Costas Mandalore. Oh, okay. Sure. Because I care. I don't. Nobody does. They're Um, just trying to string it together at this point. And like... And this guy too is another just fucking hot-headed white bloaty cop. 
And the best is all of his scenes with Jill, where he just constantly refers to her as crazy. Like, that's 90% of his dialogue in this movie is the word crazy. I believe I even pointed that out when we were watching. Yeah, crazy. She's just, you're crazy. You're crazier than a sack of cats. Is that a thing? Do people say that? I don't know. I've never heard it, but I want to use it a lot. Um, You can go for it. But, like, so he's just not a good cop, and he's being kind of led around by Costas, because Costas is, like, staged things so that he can get away, I guess. But if Oh, he... and this is the one where he's he's filmed something in front of a statue that this dude's In order to, to lure this guy to this place, which, again, this is a stupid cop who doesn't realize he's being saw-trapped. But at the same time, like, why is... Like, so is Costas Mandalore trying to get away, or is he going to keep saw trapping? If he's going to keep saw trapping, he's going to get caught because it's a very distinct mo. He's not even trying. This is this movie was really confusing. I, know, I think it's stupid, but I find I, I'm trying to justify why I enjoyed this one as much as I did. I think it's because it just is like fuck it. We're just going to go over the top. And now, fun story about this movie is directed also by Kevin Gute, who did yeah. part six. Um, he directed this movie somewhat against his will. Oh, did they, they imprisoned him and made him do it? Yes. Do you, he, after Saw Six, which many people, myself included, said, you know what? That was actually a pretty decent Saw movie. That, that showed some life. Um, he was offered a plum directing gig for what was estimated to be what was going to be the the biggest um, sequel of the year. Do you know what that movie was, Christine? No. What movie would have been made one year later from October of 2009? Oh, Paranormal Activity? This guy was signed on to direct Paranormal Activity 2. Are you fucking kidding me? Lionsgate was like, fuck no. We're not going to let our director go and direct our competition. They pulled their contract clause on him and basically said, you can't do that movie. You have to do the, the next Saw movie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So you almost feel like he's directing this movie, like, with aggression. Because <laughs> he's kind of like, well, like, you wonder, like, is he kind of like, fuck it. I don't care if Costas messed that line up. I'll just, I'm not filming it again. But at the same time, he also kind of goes really over the top, which I appreciate. Yeah. So it's like right away, it's like, oh, this movie was made, was supposed to be two movies. Now it's one movie was, uh, is directed by somebody that probably for like the first three months thought he was doing something else and had to get rushed into making this movie. Oh, and by the way, you're also doing it in 3D. So everything you film, you have to film like five times at different angles to get it for the 3D shot. Like, I have a feeling this was the least enjoyable set to be on of all the Saw movies. Uh, I mean, that's that's fair, I think. Yeah. But um, it also, don't forget, has a flashback where John Kramer goes undercover to meet Powder at a book signing, and he wears jeans and a hoodie and a backwards baseball cap. Backwards fucking baseball cap. Oh, my God. Um... I, I mean, I posted this image on, on our Facebook page because it's my favorite thing in the entire... I know I said the wall squishing was the best, but no, this is the best. Um, Tobin Bell wearing a backwards baseball cap, acting as if like, yeah, I'm not John Kramer. You don't know me. You don't know me. Is the greatest yeah, thing in the world. Some, I'm just some guy. It Look is. like Everybody cap. like uses the Steve Buscemi meme from uh, 
I forget, can't even remember which movie, but like the like, hey, what are you kids doing? Like, no, 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 this is better. This is so much better. <sighs> we also get the Saw support group mm-hmm. or the Saw port group, if you will. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, yes, I didn't mind that part. I loved that part. Yeah. Uh, we get faces this is, from other problem, movies. I think the problem, the problem with this movie is it's a real feast for the for the saw fanatic, and I don't think there's that many people that are like, <laughs> well, like really I mean, digging in for the Easter eggs. On in, in fairness, the first time I think I've seen this is my this one might be the one I've watched more than any others. But by saying that, I mean I've watched it like twice. Yeah. So I didn't realize until this watch that like oh. That's the guy from part five who gets his arm it's, half shot uh, off. Yeah, I was, ex- I mean, I, yes, I saw that. And I will admit that I was a little bit like, oh, that guy. Right. And I was, you know, pointing people out and trying to like, oh, is that somebody? Hold on. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool, I guess. I, I liked that. Uh, and again, I, I wish there was more of that because this was announced as the final Saw film. Yeah. And it feels like a quarter of that is true. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't, it, it does. Because and again, a big part of that is the cop that comes out of nowhere, and Sean Patrick Flannery who comes out of nowhere and is a chunk of the movie, and you kind of think to yourself like, oh, but like they could have done something with like the survivors have to, you know, be the ones to make a choice. Like you kind of, and it's true. And I'm saying this every single franchise that is that I can think of that has said the final chapter, right? Freddy's dead, part six. Yep. Um, part five, or part four of Night- of Friday the 13th. Like, they're, they never give you that full satisfaction of like, oh yeah, no, 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 it's totally closed. The loop is closed now. And this one doesn't either. But still, like, it feels, it doesn't feel enough like it's the finale. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing like we, if anything, like the showdown, quote unquote, between Jill and Costas in the last one was more like yeah, finale of, Yeah. And in this case, you have, so Jill, Jill dies fairly early in the movie, or it's like she gets like a fake death and then a real death. Yeah, which is stupid. Yeah. Um, Sorry. No, <laughs> that was very angry. No, you're allowed I thought that was to... dumb. I agree. I agree. Um, and it's there, it feels like it's there just to have that, like, okay, because we've never really seen the bear trap in action, right? Yeah. Um, like, the, the definitive saw trap from the first film that was on the poster, that was, you know, kind of brought up in every film since. Like, this is the first time we see it in action, and it's like, okay, it broke her face. Got it. Uh, and then you get, Costas gets um, locked up in a room, presumably locked to his death in in a room, yeah, Which yes. we never get yeah. back to, so hey, we never get that? We never get back to it, so I I don't want to get into the new movie right, yet. Right, well, but we'll get there like, soon enough, honey. Well, hold off. But, like, I've, like, what's to keep him from showing up again? Because right. the last dude we saw locked in a room somewhere or whatever fucking shows up in this movie. Yes, he does. So we get Carrie Elwes uh, limping back as... Apparently, like, Saw Prentice number one. Like, do you think he had, like, a ranking? I don't know. And it's so confusing because they're just, like, piling on the amount of people he interacted with and the amount of... And that does not stop with the new movie. No. It's it's just like, oh, and, and this one time, he was also 
teaching this person how to do this. Like, oh, stop it. Yeah, it's just, it's hard for me. Like, you know, I mean, I, I work, okay? I get up. Um, like, I make time to go running. I make time to have breakfast. I go to work. I come home, make dinner, watch Jeopardy with my husband. If it's early enough, we watch another show, and then we go to bed. So, that like, my point is, there are 24 hours in a day. And of those 24 hours, like, what, you can be awake for, let's say, 18 of them. Still, how many people can you balance? How many apprentices can you balance? No, and plus he was sick. And I don't know what time period we're supposed to be thinking this stuff happened in. But, like, it all, it seems like around, all around the same time. Yeah, like, how long was he dying long enough to recruit 38 different people to have, and it's not just, like, he has them, like, running errands for him. It's like, okay, no, you're going to rig up my rusty trap where this wire has to line up with this. Like, like I'm not an engineer. That stuff's hard. Yeah. I, I don't know. It really stretch. I'm, I'm saying this about a Saw movie. It really stretches the believability. Yeah, it's just it's just a lot. He, I mean, he was good at balancing his time. Um, it makes me think he would have been a good dad because he would have totally been able to balance work and like you know baseball. That's games true. And all that, you know? He could. He could have it all. He could have. He could have. Uh, the which is the one? Was it this one or the other one that has like the the one flashback I really enjoyed with um where he's setting up the trap and for the rack and like Costas Mandalore is like playing with it. And Shawnee's like, Oh, I knew he would fuck it up. Oh, I, was it the, was it the, the one before I this? I think it was maybe? part six. Yeah. I yeah. Just, I always, Shawnee Smith is great in these movies. She just comes in and I she's wish, just bitchy and I love it. And she's, I angry. wish there was yeah. more of that. I do yeah. too. I do too. Why didn't, could, maybe she could have like a twin sister or something and come back for these movies. Ugh. Um, Let's see, what else did I have? Oh, we we haven't talked about the Nazis. What? Remember, there's Nazis in this movie. There's like a Is neo-Nazi there... death saw trap. Oh, Ch- Chester Bennington, rest in peace, too soon. I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's the guy in the car. He's the lead singer of Linkin Park who recently oh, passed. Oh, he's one that just passed. Okay, I see. Um, and apparently the girl who gets her face tire run is the one who won, who won Scream Queen season two, which I didn't watch because oh. I didn't have cable at the time. Okay, fun. That whole thing, it's like a fucking Rube Goldberg device. Like, what are they even doing with that? Well, and that's the thing. I love it because it's ridiculous. And apparently, like, they wanted to do that trap in all the movies, but, like, didn't weren't didn't have the budget or something. So they're like, no, no, we're putting it in the last movie. And, like, what is it? The guy's glued to a seat, and if he, do, if he can't unglue himself his car is going to run over his girlfriend's face and pull apart his friend's limbs and like run into another smash into another guy. Yeah. 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 Um, which is great because it's stupid and ridiculous. But the other part to that is like, so did like jigsaw, like did he lay out with like vectors and everything where everything had to be for that to happen? Exactly. And Costas Mandalore sets this all up just in order to create a diversion so that he can, steal a body right or something it just seems like a lot of work to go through yeah he, he gets in the in the um body bag himself oh that's right because <sighs> again like the whole thing is he's not giving them a choice it's not like the john kramer way of 
I want you to succeed. Like I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. rooting for you here and I'm giving you an out. And if you make the right choice, you're going to get, make yourself free. No, he's setting it up in a way where nobody's actually going to live. Like it's pretty impossible for anybody to survive any of the traps in this movie. So like, why were they even fucking traps? Why couldn't he just shoot him if that's what he wanted to do? Yep. Yep. It's again, it's because we don't understand Hoffman because there is no Hoffman to understand because it's a bad actor with a bad role. And we, therefore it's a big chunk of issue in this movie. Yep. Um, Because he's on the run. Like, Costas Mandalore's on the run, but he's still setting up these traps. He set up the um, powder guy traps? Why? What was the point of all of that? I don't know. Yeah, because that's not happening in a different time period. That's happening in this time period. I have no idea. But I told you, by the time we get to six, I don't understand what's happening anymore. Yeah. No, you're fair. That's fair. I'm... And I, I don't know. Like... There, there are points in, the, in these where I have a real hard time paying attention, and I, I think that a lot of it is when it cuts to the cop stuff. That's fair because they're terrible. Yeah. Oh um, boy. Yeah. The let's just see what else. Oh, <laughs> I think this one might have my favorite um, puppet moment or my favorite Gary moment, I guess. <laughs> Which is when, like, I can't remember the scene, but I wrote. Um, puppet crash entrance in one of those pirate cages. Do you know what oh, that meant? Yes. Like, yes. If you've ever seen like the the cages that they would when, that they would hang pirates in, where it'd be it would look like a bird cage and they'd hang it from really high up. And the idea was that the pirate just sits there and he's all crunched up and he's starving to death, and they turn into skeletons. Like the Billy puppet is dropped from one of those and he's just swinging around. And it's just I really wish he had like a bird on his shoulder and you know an eye patch and one eye. It was. These, this is some of the best best puppet stuff. Yeah, best Garrick. Gary finally gets his moment in Saw Saw. Yep. Uh, the opening killing, or the opening Saw Trap, is uh, set in a mall. There's a lot of mall in Part 7. I really wish the I, next Saw film was just set in a mall entirely. I hate this opening trap. Why? I hate it. Because it's so fucking stupid. Also, did you notice that there's something up with the sound mix on this? You know, I was wondering if it was just if it was Netflix or what, but like Nope. Yeah, it seemed really ADR'd and like off, we, right? It was hard to hear things that were it's like the music was louder than the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were watching we were streaming it and we were like, Is there something wrong with this? So there was an illegal download that happened and that was exactly the same so we just continue to watch it stream it because it's easier but like it was it that's i think that just might be how it is i think and i wouldn't be surprised if that's in part because of the 3d it it's one of those cases where when you're filming for 3d you're probably looping a lot of it because you're constantly having to get the right angle and shot and then you know what we'll deal with dialogue later uh that that makes sense in hindsight yeah, it, but I don't like that. Other than the fact that it's hard to hear, I don't like that saw trap. Like, this this evil bitch is sleeping with both of us. She's going to be evil and try to turn us against each other, and we're really just going to kill her. Like, fuck, fuck <laughs> everything about this movie. The trap is stupid, oh but God. I like that it's, like, in a mall in front of everybody. I mean, sure. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, I feel, and again, I, this will come up in the next one a little bit, like, I feel like what this one had the potential to do and doesn't is the fact that it, it opens with this, and that at, at the end, 
when when um, Carrie Elwes is you know pig mask wearing as sort of the next version of Saw, he's got two helpers with him who I think are supposed to be the guys from the beginning. And so between like that and having it in front of a crowd, and then you have a soft support group of all the survivors, I feel like this had the potential to set up this idea of like cult of Jigsaw, right? Where you start to get people who have survived or ha- who are yeah. like, witnessed this, who have started to say like, well, you know what? That's the right way to do it. Like that's, if you're not living your life right, we're going to teach you how through violent means. Like there's a kind of, there's a good movie, not good. Okay. There's another Saw sequel to be made about the followers of Jigsaw, the people inspired by Jigsaw. And -hmm. like, it could be called like Jigsaw Legacy or Saw, Cult of Saw, Cult of Jigsaw, right? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It, you know, again, like, the movie doesn't go there at all, but I feel like it plants seeds, and I wonder if that was ever the plan. Um, yeah, and it's frustrating, because I'm like, oh, okay, there's a kernel of something interesting happening here that we haven't seen in the other movies. But Yeah, that support group didn't really pay off. No, by, by no means, yeah. Because even uh, Scream Queen's girl, who in the first movie where... I think it's Casas Mandalore is like, oh, so he helped you. And she's like, no, he didn't help me. He didn't help me. In this movie, uh, they're in a support group. And like some people there are like, yeah, well, you know, I kind of live my life differently now. And she's like, no, he didn't help me. I got I, I got handicapped barking and that's it. And again, she's just really angry. And you're watching it, you're like, oh, bitch, you're going to get saw trapped again. Yeah. And if there was another movie, she probably would have. But yep. instead, she doesn't. But ugh, so it just feels like, OK, there was stuff left on the table here. And when you approach the movie with, and again, this movie was sold as the final chapter, you owe it to your audience when you had all of these loose ends, you owe it to them to tie up most of them. And they don't. They don't. No, no, they definitely don't. Um, Yeah, it felt like from movie to movie, I had typically got the feeling that they didn't really know what they were doing. No, no. and I think it's because they rushed it so much. So, like... It, because of that, I guess, it almost feels like they're, they're like, running down a hallway, opening every door, and then, like, oh, next movie, we'll, we'll decide right. which one we're actually going to walk yeah. through. Yeah, oh, which so actors le- can we get back? Okay, only for a day? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it leaves it feeling really, like, no- nothing feels too impactful. Right. And it all feels kind of slapdash, yeah. which is... Because you think, I mean, there's no characters that you really care about by the end. Because the characters that you could have cared about, they they dispatch of very roughly and suddenly. Yeah. Right? If you kept Dina Meyer around, God, what a great heroine she could have been. Yep. Uh, you know, Rig. Oh, right. But you shot him stupidly. It, just like all of those things where you're like, ah, you know, like there was, there was chances to build and build and build. And I think for a lot of reasons you get to this one and it's like, yeah, no, let's just bank on a really gory story with, um, Sean Patrick Flannery and let's mm-hmm. settle up the Costas Mandalore stuff. And, uh, oh, we got Carrie Elwes. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him back. Okay. Now what, what do we do with him? We have no idea. Okay. Let's rush through something. Yeah. yeah it, it doesn't feel cohesive yeah yep yep and yeah i will say i enjoy it more than uh, a bunch of them because i just 
I found this one as as bad as it is. And again, quality-wise, it's one of the worst ones. Um, but this one, to me, is not boring. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I guess I wouldn't classify it as boring. Yeah. It's stupid, and there's so much ridiculous things happening. Uh, and like every other scene, it's something really ridiculous that this one held my interest more than... Part three, part four, chunks of part five, or a lot of part five, other than the wall mm-hmm. switching. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't defend it, and I feel like if, if... I'm sure this would be at the bottom of your ranking, and I wouldn't argue that, but for me, I think, oddly enough, this one had more rewatchability than uh, than I thought it did, to be sure. Mm-hmm. It's still shit, but it's somehow more watchable shit, I guess. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So (sighs) how about, do you have more to say about this one? I don't think so. Okay. I have a hard time remembering it. I understand. Why don't we rate these two? Then we'll take a break and come back to talk about Jigsaw. So, Christine, quality of film for Saw 6 and quality of film for Saw 7. Okay. Um is quality like how I couldn't hear the dialogue? Yeah, I think that's a part of it. Um, I think I, I'm going to say five and five for both wow. because I can't remember them. Okay, I really yeah. can't remember them. And this, I, I told you, this is where I break. This I know, is what breaks. That's me. okay. Uh, I'm going to go quality of film for Saw Six. I think it's a really solid movie for what it's trying to do. So I'm going to say seven for Saw Six. And for Saw 7, I'm going to say a 4.75. I think this movie is a mess and has a lot of stuff wrong with it. 4.5 maybe even. It's a bad movie. But quality of life, um, I'm going to go 7.5 for Saw 6 and 6.25 for Saw 7. Um, 5 and 5. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh- I don't remember them. If they were just the saw traps, then I don't know. It would probably be better. But there has to be this fucking side story with the with the police stuff. I know, and I know, honey. Jigsaw's the same thing. Yeah, I know. Okay. On that note, let's take a quick break. And folks, when we come back, we are going to delve deep uh, in, with spoilers into Jigsaw 2017's Jigsaw. Listen to the music in your voice You can hear the music everywhere Catch the melody from the noise You can feel a pulsing through the air The whole world is buzzing And the life on the sun Combined with everything All makes me love crazy Seven years after the last Saw film, uh, Lionsgate dusts off its Saw traps and Gary puppet and brings us Jigsaw. Uh, I went to see this uh, the opening weekend. I went at like 10 a.m. on a Saturday. I think there were three other people in the theater with me. 
uh, including a gentleman who sat right in front of me who got really into the movie and it was kind of great because he just kept going, oh, shit, oh, no, oh, no, oh, shit. And again, guys, we're spoiling this movie. We're going to go into detail. So when Tobin Bell shows up in this movie, he was like, oh, what, what? And that kind of helped make the experience even better. What was your uh, theatrical experience like, Christine? Um, well, uh, I didn't see it opening weekend or anything. Um, I had to see it this week in preparation for the show. Mm -hmm. And so we look at Fandango and go like, okay, well, this seems realistic. All right. Okay. So the only thing that seemed like it was going to work was a 9.15 show on a Wednesday. No, p.m. 9.15 p.m. on a Wednesday. Christine, that's so the witching hour. That and I get up at like six twenty every morning, so I, I was like, okay, we're gonna do this. So I get all bundled up because it's been kind of cold. We hop in the car, we drive the twenty five minutes to the theater that has it. Um, go up to their little because everything is automated ticket machines here for some reason, mm. which is fine. I don't like to talk to people, <laughs> but walk up to their automated machine and there's like five movies listed out like Thor and whatever else is out right now and something else. And, but there's no jigsaw. So I'm like trying to swipe on the screen (laughs) to see more and it won't let me. So we, we look and it still says it's playing on Fandango, but like I look up at the marquee thingy that they have inside and it's not up there. So we go to the the kid that's working and he's like, oh no, all the shows got canceled yesterday. It's Ooh. done. It's not here anymore. Oh man. I was, like, I was like, what the fuck? So we quick look on Fandango and there's another show about 15 minutes away from where we were at 945. God, I didn't we know you went through the- hell for this. We hop in the car and haul ass over there to another theater for a 9.45 showing of Jigsaw. And my theater shockingly had like seven or eight other people in it. And they were all like out of breath because they had also run from the other theater. Um, so it was, it wasn't, an, we thought it was going to be just us, but um, there was a guy by himself, a couple maybe somebody else and then like a group of three dudes okay okay um so i didn't fall asleep during it that's something hey that that is something i, I would have been yeah asleep no it was like what at 9 45 10 o'clock at night watching jigsaw now wide awake wow okay um so that was my theater experience. nice so it got pulled due to lack of interest. Wow. I, I think it, it won its opening weekend. I mean, granted, it, it was did. Halloween weekend. I still thought it was going to bomb because it was also came out the same weekend that Stranger Things dropped. Yep. So I'm like, it you did know, well. it, it did well. Yeah, it made its money back easily. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where it ranked in terms of like the other movies, if you were to do a comparison. Oh, yeah, I haven't looked at that. And I, I haven't heard whether, I don't think they greenlit anything as far as a sequel goes, but I think it actually was a very modest hit, which surprised me because I really thought, I'm like, I don't see who's going to go see this. Because even the people that are like, oh, it's Halloween weekend, like, let's see the horror movie. People, I don't think people do that as much anymore because they, they can stay home and watch the horror stuff, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it it made some so hey okay I first of all I will just come out and say I will take more of these movies 
Um, this movie wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I would agree with that sentiment. Uh, uh, now this is directed by the Spearig brothers. Yeah. So they did. Um, un- I guess they're Australian. Undead was their first film. They did Daybreakers and Predestination. I've seen yep, Undead. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I didn't like it, but I appreciated that it was kind of weird. And I don't. I think I should know. Did I see Daybreakers? I think I like Daybreakers. Yeah, I those other two movies, Daybreakers and um, Predestination, I like. Okay. I mean, it was. I I would say this was competently made. Right? Oh, I think completely. Yeah. I mean, this, okay. it looks good. Some of the other ones aren't. Fair, very fair. Uh, <laughs> so this one I thought was okay. Yeah, and this one still had narrative issues, if you will, and character choices that were kind of baffling. Oh boy. And yeah. once again, really fucking stupid police officers. <laughs> but, so, look, usually these are people that I don't know from a hole in the wall or bloated, like, <laughs> used to be hot guys. So, so, so yeah, this yeah. is Callum. This has Callum Keith Rennie in it. I love Callum Keith Rennie so much. I love I him. Watch him. What do you love him from? Um, the first time I realized who he was, he is a Cylon in Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Sorry if I spoiled that for anybody, but he's a <laughs> Cylon. Um, so then once that happened, it's just like I get excited. I know his name. I get excited to see him. Yeah. He was in that sh- that kill the killing. That show that I really, really like. Which I didn't watch. Um, I know him from the movie Last Night, the Canadian movie, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yep. That's, and that's he has a movie that you love. that movie, yeah. Yep. So he, um, and so he plays, was... like, the to- – like, it's fun because he is essentially, you know, Final Destination guy and Gilmore yep. Girls. And he's equally stupid and asshole-ish, but I like the actor, so it's kind of amusing. Yep. And I, I would argue that he's a better actor. Me too. I'd agree. I'd agree. So, so it's different. I think I even made a comment when it when it first got into the swing of it, like, oh, these movies aren't that bad when they have people that know how to act in them. It helps. It does help quite a bit, and it looked good. Like, I like yeah. the way this one was lit. Like, yep. So many of these movies it, have well, that it same. It, yep. It didn't have the lighting issues it, that yeah. previous ones well, had. Well, because all You're the other movies, right. usually the saw traps are happening in, like, an abandoned factory or an abandoned school. Yeah. And this one, it's an abandoned farmhouse. So there's, like, sunlight seeping in through the windows. And there's grain. And there's, like, brown. Sur- so the color palette is a little brighter. Oh. And the people it, are a little more attractive. Right. Oh, 100%. So I think it starts with Callum Keith and his his buddy like busting onto the roof of a building like oh, yeah. right isn't that about that okay yes, it does so zach, zach was like oh my god there's there's already more color in this movie than all of the <laughs> other ones put together. together yeah like there's a blue sky and they're yes. outside like it they like, allowed oh, okay. well that's why all the actors are so pasty it's because they're like they're not allowed outside when they're filming these movies in basements yeah. yeah so so the the cop stuff isn't as difficult for me in this one um but it's the same formula there's people being saw trapped yep and then there's cop stuff trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. and they're kind of interweaving i would argue that in this movie they come together a lot better than than most i think than any of them since like part two maybe yeah yeah yes and this does a a twist not really a twist a kind of a twist a time twist on par for me with two which I love that misleading thing in two where it wasn't really happening right, when it was right. happening. 
they basically do that again in this one. Spoiler. Now, yes, they do it. Only it's like, oh, but that was ten. It was a ten years ago thing. Now, yep. when to me it was really obvious when that happened. When did you figure? Did you figure it out when they revealed it, or did you figure it out earlier? Oh no, way before. Um, I fi- I figured it. I don't want to. I don't mean to be, you know, self congratulatory. But the second You're great. that it's okay, honey. Thanks. The second that like it was clear what it was like there was the puppet and the vi- and the the tapes and like there was visuals to go along with it and the fact that nobody acknowledged it yeah cuz at that, that point me, like yeah these people are old enough to where they would have known when they saw that puppet they they should have been like oh it, i'm trying to think of an equivalent like it, it would be you know, the biggest serial killer in America's calling card. Oh, we're that they never say it's a copycat or remember the jigsaw yeah. killer or this. And then yep. when Tobin Bell shows up, it's like, well, oh, okay. Well, this, exactly. This is set in so, the past. And so, the guy in front of me who was like, What? I'm like, dude, it's ten years. Like I wanted to whisper to him, like, it's a flashback. Because I'm yeah. like, well, obviously, like there is a, the only way they could ever they can do two things to ever bring back Tobin Bell. One, it can go supernatural, which these movies have never done, and I don't think they ever will. Mm-hmm. Two, evil twin. I really want them to do that one day, and I hope they do. But I want, like, evil twin Saw to have, like, a French accent or something. Oh, and that would be funny in a mustache. Then, yeah, like in a um, I don't So, yeah, of course, for, for me, that's when there was, for, like, a alarm bell went off. Like, oh, I don't think this is happening in real time but then obviously when my my um new girlfriend the love of my life um i believe her name is eleanor in the movie the other creepy um, oh the csi girl person yeah she's yeah, awesome she's she she's like and i built this trap and he was like it does not a trap that happens and she was like it's one of his first. And I was like, oh, so the whole thing is going to be that this trap shows up and then it shows up. And right. I was like, well, it was one of his first. So, of course, yes, this is definitely yeah, happening yeah. in the past. Yeah. And, and it, she was great. She was so great. She I wish was, she had been the killer. I know. She was great. I mean, she's she, very beautiful woman, like, and really sexy, like a fun, sexy character. And a character that, kind, that made sense. Like, here is yeah. a, you know, she works in a morgue. And she's clearly, like, pretty morbid and pretty macabre and kind of, like, digs this stuff. And, uh, you know, but, and also, like, you know, kind of gets off on it. And, like, they didn't push that in a way that could have gone really wrong. Like, they just kind of let it be there. And I believed this about this character. They had, uh, as, as, like, hacky as that character is, they had some restraint with it. Yeah, yeah. And the actress played it really well. Um, But my favorite part about her... Is that, um, so there's the first Saw victim that gets brought to this morgue, and there's, you know, um, the, the head mortician and this girl, who's his assistant, and they're, like, working on the body, and the cops are there, and they're both, and she's like, oh, it's a jigsaw trap, oh, um, yeah, I, I know something about jigsaw, and I like death. Immediately, the cops are like, she's our number one suspect. Wait, uh, what? That was so absurd. <laughs> Everything about so that. Absurd. Everything yep. about that. It's, it would I'm like the equivalent of, oh, yeah, you're, you're like in, in a hospital, a man gets shot. They bring the guy in. The doctor pulling the bullet out is like, wow, that's a bullet. And they're like, oh, my God, you shot him. <laughs> like, 
It makes no sense. Suddenly, she is the number one wanted suspect by the FBI. Yep. For so no reason Callum at all. Keith, if Callum Keith had gone into a bodega and, like, seen a guy, like, like acting sp- suspicious, would he have been like, I think he had something to do with it? It was just whoever was in his line yeah. of sight. It was the most ridiculous thing. And granted, like, these movies have never been big cast movies. Like, there's no. with like the part seven has the opening scene at the mall with a crowd. That's the only crowd scene in any Saw film ever. And in this movie, like you don't get any of like everything. It's just like, Oh yeah, there's two people that work here. Oh yeah. We're in a hospital, but there's only one person in the room. Like it's kind of what it felt like. Like, you know what? Maybe this, these movies take place in like on an Island where there's really only like 40 people. And so, yeah, you know what? Everybody is a suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was ridiculous and made me really happy because as soon as that happens and it happens really early in the film, it like I had a moment where I said to myself, they're continuing the trend of re- the, the most incompetent police officers in the world. And I love it. <laughs> they yep. are loyal to their brand. Go for it. Oh, so that made me very happy. Um, But so, so again, yeah, we get the two stories. So we have the, saw traps of you know from the beginning his one of his first saw trap rounds and i think there's some interesting things going on here uh first of all mario von peebles' son Mm -hmm. who looks exactly like a young mario von peebles very handsome man. yes very handsome um and again like so you get a couple of people who are worse or who are like a mix of people that have made mistakes, but people who aren't being terrible to each other. So it's not like, they're not just all garbage people and they kind of have ranges, which I like and isn't very yeah, I, I No, I agree. And, and I think it's some of the better saw trapping characters. Yeah. Cause you get like the, the kind of schlumpy guy who's an asshole. Like the first thing he does yeah. when like a woman reaches out to him is he pushes her down. Like, and he just keeps calling her sweetheart. Like, he's just a dick. And, you know, you find out, like, yeah, no, he really is a dick. But, like, you you do, you feel bad for him at a certain point. Like, yep. you know, he ultimately, like, ha- really probably has the worst death of anybody since he, you know, starves to death with one leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, like, there's a level there, I guess. Like, it's it's not just a one-note character. Like, I believe this is a person. No, um, I agree. And this is one of the first times that that's happened. Yeah, yeah, very much. The main woman who's pretty kind of spunky and, you know, pretty smart. Laura Vandervoort. Yeah, what do I know her from? She looked really familiar she, and the name's familiar, but I don't think I've seen anything she's been in. She's in the, she was in the V um, oh. TV show. Who was she on V? She was, was she a V person or a human? She was a V person. Okay. No, she was a V person. Okay. Um, what would you know her from? I don't know. I watched a few episodes um, of V, so probably that. She was in that. She's been in other stuff, though. Um, a, a decent amount of TV. Okay. Um, geez. She was in Ted, which is a movie I never Ugh, saw. I didn't like it. Um, I don't know. Okay. There was a... Oh, Into the Blue 2. Was she on in, Into the Blue, the first one? I don't know, but she's, I, I like her. And she's again, goodness. And she's a more competent person in the role than typically. Yeah, yeah. And 
I, I was rooting for her. I liked how she was handling things. Uh, you get a, she has an interesting reveal her back. Like when you find out, you know, why she's being saw trapped, it's, it's pretty dark, but again, like kind of interesting. Like in another world, I could watch a movie about that character, I think, which is very rare to say about anybody in a saw movie. Yeah. They, 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 it seemed like they actually, there was some effort put into like why they were being saw trapped. Yep. Yep. I mean, there was a there was some eye rolly shit, but like, you yeah. know, it, it seemed like somebody actually like took a minute and thought about it. Yes, very much. Well, I mean, you know what? Because they didn't have probably six months to write a script, they probably had you know, they had ten years or seven years. Mm-hmm. The main guy. I guess we should talk about the main guy revealed to be Saw Prentice Prime. Yep. Uh this what did when you did think he find thing? the time right my god i mean like shawnee smith was so jealous of uh the doctor in part three and she was jealous of costas mandalore but my, my god that poor girl if she knew how many other saw apprentices were ranked higher than her in the saw cult yeah so, it's it's astounding yeah. it's like they didn't even know when they were making it no <laughs> <laughs> no. What are you implying, Christine? My God. I don't know. He, did you think he was a little bit boring? Yeah, I did. Um, again, like, <sighs> from the beginning, I'm like, okay, he's got to be, I guess he's in on it because I, it's too obvious if, if she's in on it and there's a cop, there's one cop that hasn't been in the movie, so maybe it's him, but they haven't made a big enough deal about him. So, okay, so it's this guy. And I think as soon as they kind of peppered in, like, oh, he saw some shit in uh, Iraq. It's like, all right, well, yeah. something's going on there. So that's probably going to be a, a big part of it. Uh, yeah, but they kind of set him up as sort of such a nice guy dad that yeah. it makes his choices weird. It's it's hard. Like, the moment when um, Eleanor is like, let's go do this ourselves. And he says yes is when you're like – are you stupid or are you just working for Jigsaw? You're probably working for Jigsaw. Exactly. You, you, if you're not, then this is just a poorly written character. Right, right. Yeah. And it feels very much, again, like they did try to really put something into him. But then the big reveal of... On one hand, I like the reveal that he was an original Saw trap. He was like Saw's... Um, messed up trap, right? So he was in yeah. the first game... And Kramer realized, oh, I fucked up in making that trap, and he was almost died because I I messed up in the engineering of it. So that's unfair, which I think is cool just for the character of John Kramer. It kind of shows like he was a man of honor uh, to a certain degree and was not about to kill a guy without giving him a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the reveal of like, oh, yeah, and by the way, this is the guy that ultimately doomed me because he made a mistake on my x-ray. Yeah. yeah. I just felt dumb. To me. Yeah, I, I, I guess, yes. I, I kind of, I don't know, it did enough of those things that I liked, like, say, from the second one, where, like, oh, the guy that woke up after everybody else, it was actually, that like, we knew it the whole time. Like, that was neat. Mm-hmm. But that, that has nothing to do with that character. But, like, 
the idea is neat. I don't know. He was just, he was real boring. And I don't know. Do you think the character was boring? The actor was boring or the character was boring? I don't know. It's, I think he was supposed to be your, like, in into the movie of, oh, here is a sympathetic character to latch onto. Yeah. And, I mean, he had an interesting backstory. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the movie has to put a wall between you and him because you can't know everything. Otherwise, you would know that he's a saw apprentice. You'd figure that out based on, you know, some of the, like, what happened to his wife exactly. Uh, Which, okay, so now where does this guy find the time to be working full time and be, like, a full time dad and saw trap people? I know. So, yeah, the the way that they that they get us is that we're we're watching old like the original saw trap that right. he was a part of but didn't end up dying in obviously. But the reason what how they're like misleading us is that they're the deaths that happen in the old saw trap they're being replicated. So he had to set like set up another saw trap to get these to put these people through it and get these bodies. Yes, in. he's repeating the original saw trap. So like that's Alone? so fucking time consuming. Yeah. He, who knows? Maybe he has an apprentice that we'll find out about in three years. I mean he would have to because that's a lot to get done. Like I just yeah. again. Like he's also he has a daughter and <sighs> that's I, so do you think like to be a saw apprentice, do you think there is an actual like 12 course program and you know it's like one class is about engineering and another class is maybe about how to subdue people you have another class maybe about um talk like how to deal with inept police officers and how to play that game there's got to be one class has to be purely time management right i mean i guess i think honestly let's let's be real i think saw apprentices are more like a pyramid scheme like you just get so many people underneath you to to do like your saw trapping because like dude has so okay so we're we this guy milk toast guy from this movie is a saw apprentice costas is a saw apprentice yes amanda's a saw Mm -hmm. apprentice um jill arguably is Is a saw apprentice apprentice? yeah dr gordon is a saw apprentice yep Yep, that's true. That's true. Technically, Zepp from the first film, Michael Emerson, is... I mean, he's sort of, like, saw-trapped into working, but you kind of call him a apprentice But he's two guys with uh, Dr. Gordon in the last movie. So that's we're up to eight already that we know of. Oh, that's true. So, like, he's got, like... We can say, like, close to ten saw-apprentices at this point. Yeah, the lawyer in part four. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, I don't think he had classes. I just think it was anybody that he ran into on the street. Like, would you like to do this? I've been listening to a podcast about cults. And, like, there's certain, you know, it's it's a lot. It seems like it's a lot of trial and error in the beginning to get people to join you. But then, like, the whole thing is it's like once you get one, it's easier to get more. And then it's, you know, kind of a piece of cake. Yeah. There you go. That's exactly what it is. See, I think... You know, I mean, we know how we got some of them. Some of them, it was they were former victims turned, you know, uh, working for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I guess that's kind of the case for all of them now that I'm saying that. So, uh, you know, it, it the the path is clear. Like, what makes you eligible to be a saw apprentice is you have to first be a saw victim. I I mean, I, he has to be educating them, and I think that the, in, the, the what I'm most curious about now is the levels and who knew about who, and like how you know what skill set he takes, and he's like, okay. So he has two doctors on staff, basically. Did they know about uh-huh. each other? Because Dr. Gordon, in part seven, it's like, oh, yeah, all the stuff that you needed a doctor for, like inserting a key in somebody's eyeball, that was that was Dr. Gordon. Yep. But now we know that he also had Logan. So, like, yep. so was it, like, yeah, the key in the eye? Was, is there a whole world of Saw stories we don't know yet that we'll get in flashbacks? Or was, you know, I, I don't know. But it just seems like now, like, oh, this is some conflicting information in a sense. Because now I, I agree. Know that you two doctors. Or uh, did he, did they, did he saw apprentice him and then, like, they broke off all contact so he could go live his life? We don't know. There is no mention in this movie of Dr. Gordon. No mention of Costas Mandalore. I don't think. They might, they might say, make a passing reference to Hoffman at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's very, and I I understand from a studio point of view when they made this movie is, okay, we're trying, presumably they're trying to jumpstart a, you know, the next franchise version of this. So you can't rely too much on old films because it's hard enough for us to keep things straight and we just watch seven movies in a row. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're trying to start pretty fresh with this one. Yeah. I still would have liked a little more winking towards um some of the other movies i think Mm -hmm. like it feels like it was tried very hard to be a new story that i don't know i just feel like as somebody who just went through seven films i deserved something like some easter egg or even a post-credit sequence or just something and i'm kind of annoyed that i didn't get any of that yeah i am I saw, like, a a headline, like, all the Easter eggs you missed from Jigsaw, or it was, like, a YouTube video, but it was right before we went to see the movie, so I didn't, I didn't look at it. I didn't think to look at it after. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll look for that, you know, after we record, because I'm curious, because I really felt there weren't many, or if there were, they were not, I don't know, I, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't taking notes in the theater, obviously, um, so I don't have all the specifics, but I don't remember any of them, basically. Uh, and even the like, some, the one thing that it did kind of disappoint me, one of the main, I think, recognizable things about the Saw films has been the score, because they yeah. have that very distinct da 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 da. And this one didn't really do like it's there, but like in a very muted way. And I watched through the end credits because I was didn't know if there was a stinger. And, like, one of the things that all the other movies did, like, towards the end of the end credits, like, they really crescendo with that. And this one didn't. And that really bothered me. Oh, no. I, was, you know, I had to pee, so I didn't see it. Well, you didn't miss anything. You didn't even miss a crescendo, okay? I guess. Sheesh. Um, I, <laughs> I love a stupid sight gag. And I got to tell you, I was really excited when they kept showing the jigsaw pieces in the freezer. Oh, so stupid. <laughs> it just you know, opens up the freezer, takes out a Ziploc bag of skin pieces cut out and jigsaw pieces. 
but just like that image i was like and you see that image when you google image search this movie i'm like yep that's the one that's the one i'm putting on the cover when we post this episode you can bet yourself that oh so silly of course that was planted that's not what any human would ever do Yeah, no human does that in their browser. Uh-oh. I just, what? No, what? Hey, no. Um. Anyway, uh, I, <laughs> I'm just giggling at some of the stupid stuff. I will say I liked the image of the buckethead people. More importantly, I really like how many times they said buckethead in this movie. Yeah, they said it a lot. They like did. it seemed really unprofessional. <laughs> right. Oh, hey, we're morticians and we're, um, you know, doing this solemn job of autopsies and handling dead bodies. And so is that the Buckethead guy or that's the Buckethead guy? No, this is the Buckethead guy. Okay, right. Buckethead guy. It it amused me. But again, I'm kind of stupid sometimes. No. No, I will not make any um, qualifications about my taste. I have terrible taste. I really, I like Saw 7. I know that I have terrible taste. Mm-hmm. But still. I uh, this movie wasn't that bad. It was it was a saw movie. Yeah, and again, it is sharper. It is better made than most of the other saw movies. Yeah. Uh, it um the the traps I think for the most part were pretty cool. Uh, the what did we get the um centrifuge one. Oh, I didn't like that one. It was it was just kind of ridiculous but in that way because in many ways i think this was one of the less gory saw films if you can believe yeah that. and anybody who saw this movie and didn't see the others is probably like wait what really but no like honestly they pull back from a lot of things they that the other films would have just kept the camera on as far as guts and you know tearing body mm-hmm. parts apart go uh but in to this one you have the centrifuge one which is just ridiculous the uh even the the needle one the one of these needles has a yeah, know, yeah, yeah yeah has acid one of them has a cure with the way they describe it which is kind of like in saw six where it's oh yeah if you inject yourself with the wrong one it's a poison that's gonna burn and melt your your bloodstream for that description that's really not what you see at all you just see her bleed out of her ear and die yeah. And again, I think other films would have had her do like a full out uh, body melt street trash style or something. Yeah, I don't know. That I guess that could be restrained. Also, could be lazy. Fair. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then let's talk about like the, you know, kind of final image or the like prime death, which is Angry Cop face laser flower oh the, petal the face feeling? laser yep 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 so what'd you yep. think of the face laser uh, i don't know like i guess <laughs> i didn't care it's i like i really want to know how that would work so he gets like a laser this sort of collar that goes around his face and shoots the la- lasers all the way up around the idea being that they're going to go on his face and and therefore drill just slice his face down and his face opens up like a flower if you will yep and it's so inhuman that it looks more like a sci-fi sea monster yep 
Which I don't have a problem with, personally. I mean, I mean, I guess it was fine. I didn't find it particularly, like, offensive or gory or even that, but even that interesting. It was right. just a thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, too, I was just happy by the end of it. I'm, like, looking, trying to think of what the body count was and who was still standing. And who's still standing is uh, Saw Prentice Prime and cool chick mortician girl, right? Yep. So she lives, so that's good. Maybe if they that make is another good. one, she'll come back. Uh, and he'll pass on memories. And is it, um, what's the movie I'm thinking of? Where, like, a dude, like, lives forever by, like, passing on his memory. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Demon Knight. I might be thinking of Demon Knight. Are you thinking of Fallen? No, no. If I was thinking of maybe Fallen, I'm I would always be thinking, thinking of, of Fallen. See, you think of Fallen, I think of Shocker, and I'm not thinking of Shocker. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of Demon Knight. The idea of being like the Saw Prentice, like the main Saw Prentice, when like they're gonna pass it on, but with when they pass on their gift and skills, they're gonna also pass on like these John Kramer memories. So Tobin Bell will continue to appear no matter what in these movies. Um. Yeah, I think so. So we have, but we now have a dude that we can flash back to for like eternity. Very much, yeah. Because apparently he was with um, John Kramer from the beginning. It would seem. Yep. So, all right, Tobin Bell, that you've don't worry, you're gonna be able to buy another pool. You've you've got it locked up. If they make another, which again, I kind of hope they do. I would be surprised if they didn't. Mm-hmm. I also wonder. If at any point they would make them and have them go direct streaming or DVD. Or, I mean, streaming now. Nobody nobody watches DVDs anymore. Other than I me. mean, maybe? I don't know. I still think this one did... If they're going to make it, this one did well enough where I think they would do it theatrically. And I think these have a pretty big international audience. And yeah. they're really cheap to make. They don't cast big names... Um, Tobin Bell is probably the highest paid actor in this movie, as mm-hmm. well he should be. And if you keep that, and this is also a pretty Canadian one, too. I'm pretty sure this was filmed in Canada. A lot of those actors I know to be Canadian. So I think they cost stay down. You can make these and they're going to have an international market, if nothing else. So, hey, keep them coming, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd see another one. Maybe. I mean, we have, like, a surviving cop who surely will be tortured in the next one just because he lived in this one. Yeah, like, I'll I'll watch another one in a year. I just don't think I should do them all that close together again. It's both a good and bad thing. I mean, let's so let's talk overall about, you know, in summation of the series. Um, well, first of all, quality of life, quality of film. Quality of, of film, Jigsaw. What you, what you got? Quality of film, Jigsaw. Um... Seven, maybe? Yeah. If I gave Saw 6 a 7, I would say this is... You know, this is also a 7. I think it's right there with it. Yeah. Quality of life, um, I'm going to also go... I'll go 6.75 on this one. I I didn't enjoy it quite as much as Saw 6, but... Um... Yeah, maybe, like 6.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you, it was one of the more enjoyable ones overall. I would say so. Um, I think... It was still super saw formulaic, sure. but like, like I said, it was. I think it was filmed better. It had 
more interesting color palette. There were there were actors that like were good and like <laughs> were believable. And, were prettier, and even like the cast is yeah, prettier in this one. The the cast is prettier and in like even the people that weren't necessarily recognizable were better mm-hmm. than yep. some of the people in previous ones. So I mean like I, I did, like I said, I saw it really late at night. I didn't fall asleep during it. I didn't, like, I didn't have trouble getting through it. Right. Which I think says a lot. Yeah, definitely. Now, overall, what would your ranking be for the films? Where do you go? I have no idea at this point. <laughs> um, I think one, two, one, two, and three. I have pretty. I know what they are. Um, four. Off the top of my head, I can't remember which one that is, but if I thought real hard, Mark I'd probably Robert's get head it. getting smushed. Okay, so five, that's the rig one. So five is the Julie Benz one. I think I like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, six and seven, I will never remember those mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, probably I would have to say two, five, and one are all things that I enjoy. Okay. Um. Three I did not like. Yeah. Three is just like, ugly, if... I think. I, I don't yeah. like three. I know a lot. I, I do think there are people that rep for three and defend it as the best of the films. But it just, it's attitude to me is so mean that I have a hard time with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like four, I guess, is fine. And then six and seven. I Maybe if I watched them with some distance, yeah, um, I would enjoy them. But then J- Jigsaw is obviously it felt like maybe most like a real movie that's very true i could see that I do think... you have like a final yeah rating? i think and again i'll go two ways i'll go my ranking of enjoyment and ranking of quality i think for quality i'd probably say it goes two eight six three one five uh four if i hit all of them or four yeah. seven, I think seven might be the worst. And then yeah. for enjoyment for me would probably go six two eight five one uh I guess seven three four, maybe. Yeah. I think four is one of the worst ones and is least enjoyable to me this time around. Uh, yeah, five I is think... not good, but it's enjoyable now. Same for yeah. uh, eight. Same for eight. Is a better made movie, and I think it was enjoyable. Um, seven is a terrible movie, but this time around, I found it fun. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement that seven and three are definitely bottom of the bottom yeah. of the barrel. And I think three might not might be a better movie than a lot of them, but I think three to me is just not my yeah. kind of movie that I want to see. Whereas, whereas yeah. eight is, and again, even seven, which is a terrible movie, but is just goofy enough that it works for me. Whereas three, three isn't goofy. Three is mean. And I, I don't like that. Yeah. Three is definitely the, like, very mu- I checked out during three very much the way I did during yeah. six and seven. That's where the monologuing like, really begins. I think yep. there was less monologuing in eight. Yes. It might have been. There was least, a bit. Yeah. Well, just just towards the end. Well, I mean, I guess every time the tape was played, but yeah. In general, I feel like this this because this only had one moment of John Kramer, so yeah. And what did you think of the final 
test of the gun of the bullet. The bullet and the shotgun of the... Oh, that... I couldn't remember that. So that actually, I didn't... That made me sad because that dude, that was like the guy I think you described as a schlubby guy. Yep, yep. Um, he was like, he, he, I feel like had a journey. Like he ended up not being that bad and it bummed me out that it, like it had to end that way. That's fair. They That's were, fair. they were much more collaborative and, and they yeah. listened more from the beginning. So because they weren't all in, like completely intolerable people the whole time, mm -hmm. Like when they're when they do die, there is a bit more impact, you yeah. know. Yeah. Once you get past like the first two, it, it's true. Everybody in the rest of the traps, they're trying to help each other one way or another. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, again, they never succeed. Uh, Mario Van Peebles' son gets centrifuge to death, but um, uh, Chick from V tries to help him. Yeah. No. And the, I, I kind of liked the final shotgun bullet trick just because it was, it felt very classic Saw, I guess, to me. <laughs> of this kind of back to the whole, like, oh, if you stop for one minute and, and, and listen, and listen yeah, to each other, and listen to what exactly what he said and pointed it, because he realizes, but it's, like, he realizes it a little bit too late. Or does he just not say it because he's thinking, oh, she's just going to shoot herself, so it doesn't matter. Not realizing, oh, fuck, that's also how I get my key. Mm hmm Yeah. And you know I like it when if they just listen. Exactly. And it was very, very clear in this one. So, yeah. Yep. Okay, so um, do, do you, how do you feel about me having made you watch all these movies now? Oh, hang on. I got a cat fight here. Kids! Kids, stop that! That's how I feel. That's my. <laughs> oh. Um. It wasn't that bad. Uh. It, those last two, not Jigsaw, the six and the seven, was just. It was a lot. Up until Fair. then, I wasn't. I wasn't displeased with it. But right, right. for some reason, those, those were, just gotcha. were rough. Those are the breaking yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Any any like words of wisdom on how it fits into the horror history, the history of horror cinema franchises and whatnot? They're not all completely right offable. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think that you can dismiss them all. Um, I don't recommend watching them all together mm -hmm. at the same time. And um, I don't know. I I think if you if you dismiss Saw completely then you're really doing a disservice because yeah. they 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 have made an impact and there is a place you know in the genre like they have they have made an impact um so i kind of don't i know there are people that are like i've never seen any of them that's fucking stupid and they're really like, proud of themselves for that yeah like there's a lot of people like that yep i don't know they're they're literally eight different movies at this yeah. point so like I don't know if you can just paint them with a broad brush. In that same breath, they're the same fucking movie yeah. in some regards. In many three, ways, yeah. Three, six, and seven are the same fucking movie. Now, how do you put them next to a Friday the 13th series or a Halloween franchise or a Nightmare on Elm Street? 
ha- Halloween. So I don't like the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Mm-hmm. Typically, I don't. So I don't really watch them, and I don't think I've seen all of them. Um, so I can't really speak to that. Now, having I guess two Halloweens ago watched every Halloween movie, including the Rob Zombie ones. There's some fucking awful movies in there. I think that's one of the worst franchises if you're looking at an, an overall average. Like from start to finish, there's some there's some dogs in that yeah. pack. Oh yeah. Um so again, so to celebrate the Halloween franchise when maybe you've got three or four I'm being generous, mm-hmm. solid entries in it. Right. And then and then completely like say like ah saw's bullshit. Yeah. That that's kind of like nah not really Uh, but i don't understand what people hold to high esteem and what people will dismiss yeah i feel like i feel like it it, it's kind of baseless um i don't think that these are torture porn either Mm -hmm. because in in the in the violence and the explicitness of the violence differs from movie to movie very much yeah I don't know. So just like, so the first Halloween's good, the second Halloween's okay, the third Halloween's fun. I don't know. They all suck until you get to H two O. Like, <laughs> like, it, it, so the the first and second one of these are are cool and fun, and then like the fifth one has a cool death. Like it's the same fucking thing. You yeah, can say the same franchise. Shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's always where I've fallen on it. Is just. Look, you can, I get anybody not liking these movies. I get seasoned horror fans really hating them. But don't talk about them with this snotty disdain in the same paragraph that you praise a Friday the 13th part five. Because it, these are, this is a franchise that, you know, has a, an interesting consistency and ambition to it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. It has a lot of problems. But I think it goes up in the same, you know, I think you can, you have to, when you're talking about franchises, I think we're at a point now where, like, you can talk about the big three, but throw in this, throw in Child's Play, like, we're at a point where there, there's more. And there's something really interesting about how franchises function when there's, once you go past, let's say, five of them. And this one, I think, in particular, has the most consistency, for better and worse, and a lot of that's worse, as we talk about with the copping. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just something, you know, it's it's another way of, of doing a franchise that isn't usually done, because typically horror movies are not thinking you're seeing the movie before it. Uh, and I also just find them interesting in terms of... And again, this is true of, of of there's been a lot written lately about how like horror is the only genre doing well in the theaters right now. Mm-hmm. And the same time how we've had some really great horror films in the last year or two. And it's like, well, first of all, there's always great horror films. So, But that other part to it of, okay, well, and what are they, how are they in a reaction to what's going on in the world today? Yeah. And to look not just at like this, where the Saw movie, because the Saw movies, you go know, begin in 2004. They're in a very post 9-11 world where there is this like different kind of take on torture and humanity and so on. But what I find really interesting is like after they, after they start fading off when 
paranormal activity comes up and suddenly it's a very different kind of horror and it's what you're not seeing and it's this other it's it's a different it's like a movement in the world kind in culture i guess and mm-hmm. then you kind of see it there and then it kind it reverts to like the right now the big franchise is really the conjuring and insidious and it's this sort of constant evolution and i think you can always look at franchises and and kind of learn a lot about culture at the time and i i find that interesting even if the movies are of questionable quality if you will yeah i mean it's a good point wow all right well um i thank you for watching these movies i know it you know wasn't necessarily that easy it's all right anything for you oh oh you're too kind uh, all of the movies are indeed streaming on Netflix. If you people out there have not watched them yet and are still curious, hey, why not? Go for it. Um, before we get to the future, uh, Netflix record or in streaming recommends Christine. What um, you got? So this is um, streaming on the Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was out of town. In, in a hotel room by myself, I decided it would be a good time to rewatch The Addams Family. Oh, it's, of course, it's always a good time to watch that movie. And it's so, so good. good. It's so good. I, I think it, it, it might be my first adult rewatch of it. Oh, wow. It's it's been on um, I forget which channel, but that and Family Values have been airing. A, they were airing a lot during Halloween. So, mm-hmm. you know, late, like doing dishes or just flipping around the TV to put something on in the background, we both keep landing on it. Yep. And either one of them, it's just like, oh, okay. And every time we have it on, like, at some point, I look at my husband, he looks at me, and we're just like, what a delightful movie. <laughs> it's just so great. It's so really great. great. I mean, I loved it when I was a kid. Yep. But it's like, it's it's bananas how, how like, how entertaining and yeah. how on, on point it is. Yep. Like, it really, it's not like... I, it's not ironic. It's just a really genuine movie, but it's still yeah. funny and satirical and like, I don't know. It's I like sharp. it. It's very sharp. It's very yep. witty. Raul Julia is having so much fun. Oh, and what it, a treasure. Oh, he's like bursting at the seams with enthusiasm in that part. And the best thing too is like, that. what a couple to aspire to. Him and Angelica Houston are so in love in those movies it's, it's great it's, it's that sexy, movie is a it's gift funny it's sweet yep. like that is probably one of my favorite movie couples of all time yeah just the 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 chemistry they have and the fun they have it's just beautiful and it's, family it's values great. is so good too i also watch family mm-hmm. values i will say that i enjoy adam family prime better than okay. I, I think um, i prefer uh adam family values but i'm also a sucker I, for the thanksgiving day, day pageant and everything you are not the only one know, people really know. like that one yeah um but it's a gift and i i feel grateful and lucky that it exists yeah definitely so if you haven't watched it in a while you should rewatch it because okay. it's great uh, I'm cheating and I'm doing two for my, my streaming because I have a movie and I have a miniseries and I really want to okay. recommend both of them. So All the right. movie is, um, okay, so I just, I love the idea that someone high up at Marvel Studios watched the movie Clown and was like, we're giving Spider-Man to that guy. Have you seen Clown? No. It's directed by the guy who did Spider-Man Homecoming. It's okay. fucking great. 
Okay. This is the horror where, movie. Where is this streaming? It is streaming on Netflix. Okay. It is about a, a a nice guy, dad, real estate agent, who's the the you know the party clown cancels on his kid's birthday, so. He happens to be in this old abandoned house that has a trunk with a clown costume in it. He's like, okay, I'll put it on and I'll entertain my kid. And he does, and the costume can't come off. And it turns out, um, as revealed by MVP of everything he's ever in, Peter Stormari, mm-hmm. the clown costume is actually a, a, this isn't really spoiling anything, it's like a demon skin costume, and you will turn into a clown, and you have to eat children. That's what happens when you cool. turn into a clown. And this movie, it's it's really funny. Um, it is, I would call it like a dark horror comedy because it's grisly and there's some really intense stuff, but it's it's handled with a certain kind of black humor. But it finds the line of making things heavy and and mean something with this kind of crazy goofiness of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It just it's such a good tone that it that it hits. And this movie, it's a it's a good idea that I think if you'd heard this idea again, we said which we said about Devil's Candy, seems like it could be like an anthology segment. And I've seen yeah. there was a I've seen anthology segments like this. But it it works as a full-length movie because it's just handled in a really interesting really unique way and the visuals are are cool the cast is great uh the characters are again nice people and you're rooting for them and it's tragic what's going on uh it's really really good um and then the other thing i'm going to recommend is on netflix and everybody should watch it and i think you'll really dig it and it is alias grace oh yeah so i'm going to watch it you should it's it's completely on my radar yeah um, I read the book probably about 10 or 15 years ago. I'm a huge Margaret Atwood fan, so I always read what she wrote. And I remember for years reading Sarah Polly wanted to make a movie of it. I'm like, oh, that would be great. And she made a six-episode miniseries. It's um, it's really good. And it's it's very Canadian, so that's good. David Cronenberg is in it because it's Ooh, very fun. Canadian. Yeah. Um, and... It was, it, I mean, it looks beautiful. It's really well cast. Everybody's great in it. But what's really interesting, I read a, just a very good um, statement about it that made a point of saying, like, you know, how interesting it is that this is like the year of Margaret Atwood. And so you have The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, which is sort of a dystopian look at the future and what happens when you oppress women. And, the ha- and Alias Grace is a look at the past and what happens when you repress women. And it's really, it's it's subtle. It uh, really, I think, if you watch it the right way, I think there's so much under the surface. Uh, it's beautifully done. It's just really good. And I worry that it kind of got dumped at like a bad time because I feel like it's not the right time for people to be watching it. And yeah. because The Handmaid, uh, Handmaid's Tale was such a big hit and such a big deal that this might kind of fly under the radar. People may see it as sort of a lesser version of The Handmaid's Tale. The little trailer for it on Netflix was awful. Oh, was it? That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, it's it's I, just good. Until I saw what it was. Yeah, you just... Because they, they bury the lead that it's a Sarah Pauly thing, that it's a Margaret right. Atwood thing. Yep. I said... Oh, fuck this. I'm never watching this. It's a shame. Because, yeah, you look at it, like, if you looked at a poster or read a description, it just sounds kind of like a period drama about 
Yeah. Very BBC-esque, I guess. Um, it's Yeah, the whole thing is written by Sarah Polly. The whole thing is directed by Mary Harron, who did American Psycho. Uh-huh. I saw that. Yeah, Anna yep. Paquin's in it, and she's great. And it's this interesting, very ambiguous role. Um, it's, you know, it, it's it's just really, really... Um, I watched it, like, I, I don't really binge things anymore. I just don't have that same energy. I watched the entire thing this week, like, between... Whoa, weeks. really? Yeah. yeah. I just found, right. like, I was really... in. It took... The, the first episode, actually, no, the first episode really is, like, about her immigration. It's, oh, just just watch it. I, and I hope I'm not overhyping no. it, because, again, it's, no, no, it's no. subtle I, in I'm what totally it does. Gonna... But, okay, yeah. good, good. Totally going to watch it. Cool. I will watch it before I talk to you again, probably. Nice. Excellent. All right. On that note, Christine, yes. next time it is your, I, I, I put you through eight Saw movies. Yes. What are you going to do to me? Well, I this is I I don't want to go too much on a limb. This is a movie that it's a new movie that's going to be coming out. Oh. Um and I don't know if I mean you'll have access to it cuz you're in New York, but you might have to drive or not drive, commute <laughs> to it. I've been out for too long. I, I forget <laughs> about cars. Um I don't know if it's getting a wide. I think it is, but it's um Greta Gerwig's movie, Lady Bird. Oh, Lady Bird. It'll be here. Yeah, it's it's I know, getting. No, you'll get it. Yeah, but it I is getting get such it. good reviews that it's going to open wide. I think no matter what, and I, I think really it is opening in New York it. if it hasn't already. Sure. I really want to talk about it with you. Okay, let's watch it and talk about it. So we just have to figure out if that's logistically going to happen. Like, okay, <laughs> if it's going to be near any of us at a time where we can see it. I'm pretty and confident it will be near me. What with living in. New York yeah. City and all with you. So you you don't know like. Me. I know you don't like carving out a whole like day to go for you, darling. I can do this. All right, but plus I, I thought do you it for jigsaw really at nine forty-five at night. Come on, that's true. I made some sacrifices, but I figured you would be interested in seeing it. Of course, I would. Yeah, because especially because of how good Francis Ha was. Yep, yep. And this one so, is getting such great reviews. So people are calling it like almost perfect. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I'm super jazzed to see it, and I don't care what we pair it with. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a thought. Okay, think on it. I I, I have ideas, but I but I want you to pick. It is your okay. uh, your call here. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, I just put it into Fandango. I can I could see it next week. Okay then. We we're gonna talk about Ladybird and something else. Yay! I'll I'll give it a thought. Maybe maybe after I see it, I'll be like, oh, we should pair it with that. this movie. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll get inspired. Cool. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. Uh, in the meantime, people, if you want to come, tell us um, which Saw Prentice is your favorite Saw Prentice and what you think of the um, certificate program or or black belt program or whatever it might be. You can come do that on Twitter at Feminine Podcast or on Facebook. Find our group, The Feminine Critique, where we can talk about all things Saw and um, other stuff as well that isn't Saw now that that's over. (laughs) That's funny. Have you noticed, like, how many of your friends have been watching the Saw movies? Have they? Yeah. I saw a lot of people on Facebook, like, checking in, like, Saw 3, like, I guess because of Netflix and people, so many people are doing the 30, we're doing the 31. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was kind of like, it was just so funny to see, because after all these years of, like, talking about the movies and nobody being there to talk to about them, 
all of a yeah. sudden all of a sudden now it's the big popular thing that ever, all the kids are doing all the kids love saw it would seem all the kids in their backwards baseball caps <laughs> baggy jeans i oh, love it all right folks uh, on that note, be good because apparently there are a lot of apprentices out there that are just ready to hack you up if you cross a line. So, behave. So, white meat and dark meat, take it away!